London is under attack by a vicious zombie plague. People are being eaten alive and survivors are scarce. But professional lazy man Sean doesn't notice because all he wants to do is get his ex-girlfriend Liz back before the zombies get her first in the 2004 cult classic Zom rom-com Sean of the Dead. I'm Connor Izagari. I'm Caleb Boucher. I'm Colton Jenkins. And this is Filmgasm. Happy Wednesday and welcome to the gauntlet. We are now in the lead up to our 200th episode of the Filmgasm podcast. And to celebrate, we're digging into five epic, iconic horror classics, beginning with Shaun of the Dead, a truly brilliant movie and one of our all-time favorites. So, what is your history with this one, guys? I know that we all really love this film. Uh, yeah. Caleb, why don't you start us out? I rented it off Netflix. All right. Wait, was it Netflix or was it fucking Video Shack? The damn video store in Blanco, Texas. Um, yeah, for those who don't remember, there's Blockbuster, and then every small town had the worst-named video renter, renter store. It was like Video Corner movies or us or some dumb shit like that it was always like a play off something other like well known um i actually think it was from video shack i think it was before netflix we got it off of video shack um because i had heard about it and that was right before hot fuzz was coming out so i was hearing more about sean and it's you know this movie you gotta check out blah blah and as i rented it as like my freebie like i always got one movie i could get um and watched it and just fell in love like this film was the funniest thing to me. I don't think when my like my dad used to watch these films with me, I don't think he liked it as much. I don't think he was ever as big into the British humor as I was, but I was dying laughing. Um, it has quickly become one of my favorite um, horror comedies. It's just these guys are brilliant. Oh, yeah. Colton, how about you? Uh, same kind of with my dad. Um, I kind of went through this phase when I was obsessed with zombies. So he was showing me all of like the good like the big zombie movies like um dawn of the dead night of the living dead zombie land um and then he showed me this movie and i instantly fell in love with it and it very quickly became my favorite zombie movie of all time um just it has a, it has like a, a charm to it that i think you know everyone says i'll oh, train to busan is like the best zombie movie ever made but this movie has something special it's relatable um because i don't want to do anything either like i just want to eat ice cream and drink Diet Coke and sit on my couch all day. Like, that's all I want to do, honestly. And if the zombie outbreak happened, uh, I think I would make all the wrong decisions, just like Sean does. So this movie brought me closer to my dad. And now I love it. And now I show it to everyone who I can. Um, this, along with the whole Cornetto trilogy, was wonderful. Oh, yeah. This, this was the beginning of Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg's Cornetto trilogy. Part two being Hot Fuzz in 2007 and part three being 2013's The World's End. All three brilliant movies, hilarious comedies and just fantastic modern masterpieces. Uh, I remember I saw Shaun of the Dead for the first time when I was like 10, 11, maybe 12 years old. Um, my mom would randomly show up with movies sometimes like just co-workers gave her DVDs or something and she showed up with Shaun of the dead and was like i heard this was good and i'm like okay because i liked british comedy you know i was a big monty python fan as a kid and so british comedy kind of helped craft my sense of humor 
and I watched Shaun of the Dead and it was not at all what we expected because we thought it was going to be this. I mean, this the title alone sounds like something that would come out of like the assholes who did Epic Movie, you know, <laughs> though you, you just see the title. You don't think much. And then we watch the movie and we're like, this is brilliant. This is hilarious. And then every time I watch it, I see something else in it. I, it's so loaded with Easter eggs that like you find something new every time you watch it and you're like, oh, there's there's another little nod to some horror director, some classic movie, some, you know, super inside joke. And it just keeps going. And I, I love that all three films do that. Uh, but it started here with, with Shaun of the Dead. And I'm glad you guys love it as much as I do, because it's going to be a really fun episode just talking about this movie. It's so good. I love how like um, there's jokes throughout the entire movie and that they follow up on later. Like uh, one point, I think Ed, after Sean breaks up with Liz, he uh, he tells them what they should do the next day. And it's literally the plot of the whole movie. It's so good. And then the whole the running gag with the three movies with the fence jumping over the fence. It's beautiful. Love that. It's great. It, it's so great. The, the writing for these films, at least just thinking of this one, and obviously with the two sequels of this trilogy, uh, the writing from Edgar Wright and uh, Simon Pegg, he helped write this with Edgar Wright. because they were, they were buddies doing a uh, Spaced, I believe. Yeah, they were working on Spaced. That's when they were developing this. Um, it's just, it's like the smartest writing, I think, some of the smartest writing, I won't say the smartest, but some of the smartest writing I've witnessed where like lines of dialogue play out in such a brilliant way later from like things they talk about that come to fruition, even something as simple, simple as when Ed says he's going to kill, um, next time I see him, I'm going to kill him to their annoying roommate. And the next time they see him, they kill him. Like it, it like it pays off. Like that dialogue just constantly pays off like that. Um, on a quick side note, I have seen Trans Busan, and I will say I can see the argument for why people say that because that is a brilliant goddamn movie and the only zombie film that actually brought me to tears at the end of the movie. This movie did bring you to tears at the end, bro. I'm solved. <laughs> I was like, Train to Busan fucking got me. I, but best part is, I was watching, and sometimes like, oh, wait till you get to the end. I'm like, what are you talking about? And I'm I'm really invested. I'm getting. I'm like, oh my god, it's so fucking good. God damn, this movie is good. And I get to the end, and I don't because I don't think you've seen. You haven't seen it yet, right, Connor? No, I'm I'm very behind with uh, Train to Busan. I'm like the only person on earth who hasn't watched that movie. Okay, well, it's, I'm not gonna, it's nothing personal. I just haven't gotten around to it. All right, I'm not going to ruin it, but through uh, a certain action that happens, we're like, oh god, it hits you in one part, and then they just twist it more when they cut to the next scene after this big thing happens and what a character is doing just makes you start to fucking break. And if you don't, you're a goddamn monster. <laughs> you don't break. Have you guys um, seen Cargo? Which one? Cargo. No, no. Is that the one with Martin Freeman? Yeah. He's a, yeah, it's a, it's Australian zombie movie. And um, this guy has a wife and a baby, like a baby. And his wife gets infected and turns into a zombie and then bites the dad. And you have like three days before you turn into a zombie, but he has a fucking baby with him. So the entire plot of the movie is him walking across Australia, trying to find someone to give his daughter to before he turns into a zombie. But throughout the entire movie, he's turning into a zombie. And you know, you know how it ends. So this is not a spoiler, but 
at the end, he does turn into a zombie. So he like the way that he keeps the baby safe is he like has like a baby harness, but he wears it backwards to where the baby's on his back. And then he like hangs flesh down from like a stick poking out of his backpack. So the flesh is always in front of him. So he continues to walk forward to try to get the flesh without realizing the baby's on his back. And it's it's a hard it's a hard scene to watch at the very end. It's rough, but man, it's it's fucking good. I've never felt that way in a zombie movie. I've never heard of that one. That's yeah. All right, I'm gonna throw that one in in the book. I'd love to do that on the show. That sounds freaky. Yeah, it's it's upsetting. <laughs> zombie movies are are a special subgenre. I mean, you know, everyone says you know Romero perfected it. You know, night, dawn, day. It doesn't get any better than that. And I I agree with that to an extent. But when you can create something that plays with the with the rules, but is like fairly original to the point where people are going to remember it. I think you can really make something cool. And Shaun of the Dead did that. I think Shaun of the Dead, you know, used it's a it's a romantic comedy that happens to have zombies in it. And I I love that concept. Yeah. (laughs) Like this is about him trying to get his ex-girlfriend back. And then also London's under attack. (laughs) Well, it's it's a movie that wouldn't exist without the George A. Romero stuff. I mean, this film and its jokes and then its title, Shaun of the Dead, is very indebted to everything Romero did with Night Mm -hmm. of the Dead, Dawn Dead, Day of the Dead. I want to say at that point, Land of the Dead. Don't quote me. Land of the Dead came out the year late a year later, and I'll have some stuff. That's about right, because they were. That's right. That's right. That's right. I, okay, yeah. Don't quote me. I remember why. Yep, it all came back to me. Um, <laughs> but you know, I weigh that without that stuff, we really want to have Sean Dead because of how much that film relies on what Romero did. And you know, I I am of the mindset that the the best zombie films we have are Night, Dawn, and Day. I absolutely love those three films, but we've had good shit. Then I think the difference is because of the big time success that came when the walking dead first came up. I'm not going to say now, cause I'm not dissolutional. Like it's creators when it first came out, you know, it was a huge hit. We got a flood of zombie content again. Um, you know what I mean? And, I, th- I think that was like the same time that like World War Z came out and became a fucking huge hit at the damn box office. You know, it's, it was okay. I don't hate it. I don't love it. It's, it's all right. Um, so, you know, we get a lot. So it's more like now we just get inundated with so much. But when something like, you know, that the Romero trilogy, Shaun of the Dead, Train to Busan, things like that come out and dare to fight. Or even recently, I know the purest, I don't give a shit. I know it's a virus, but fuck you. Um, but the sadness um this past year like when we get films like that like they truly stand out because they're trying to do something different within a very well um a well-worn uh subgenre yeah mm-hmm. i don't buy that whole like because it's a virus it's not zombies it's like who makes that fucking rule like the sadness is a zombie movie 28 days later is a zombie movie like i that counts <laughs> like do you yeah. classify evil dead as a zombie movie that is demonic possession. That's not, yeah, that's demons. Yeah, so that's demons. So no, sadness fucking rules, though. By the way, oh my god, I have that probably added to my collection. That's that super fucked up uh, Taiwanese movie I told you about, Colton. Oh yeah, it's based after it's Crossed, right? The comic yeah, book inspired by Crossed. It's it's quite a trip. I mean, prepare yourself. It's one of the most vicious films I've ever seen. Don't watch it. With- 
friends that may get easily offended. I guess yeah. vet vet it for yourself first, and then decide whether or not you want to possibly ruin friendships yeah. over this. <laughs> make a make a little special night for myself. You know, light some candles. Yeah, light some ch- candles. Put some ambiance on. Maybe maybe don't eat anything during. Okay. <laughs> make sure you're in like a robe or something. I don't know. Do what you have to be comfortable. <laughs> but yeah i i agree with you caleb it's uh you know romero pretty much like established the foundation of what we you know what became the zombie subgenre like it's everything since has been owed to him for sure uh but i do like when somebody can kind of you know fuck with the with the tradition a little bit make it make it something new uh as we saw with the sadness like i'd never seen that before that's for goddamn sure but uh, <laughs> nothing in that film I haven't seen for I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, but Shaun of the Dead, he, um, it was developed by Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg. It was based off an episode of their short-lived sitcom Spaced, which only lasted two seasons. Uh, it was based off the episode called Art, which features the character of Tim, played by Pegg, who hallucinates a zombie invasion while he's playing Resident Evil 2 while high on amphetamines. Yeah, I... I want to check this show. I've heard like it only lasted two seasons, but apparently has like a huge cult following. Like people who have watched it attest to how good it is. So yeah, it's a lot of people in the Cornettos came out of this. Like he's a lot of their loyal like crew came out of Spaced. It's Mm -hmm. like a predecessor to the Cornettos. I've heard really good things. Yeah, I need to see if I can find it somewhere. I thought for sure it'd be on like Tubi or something. It was on like early in Netflix's streaming days. It was there, and I never watched it. Mm. And now I think it's like probably maybe like um, Acorn or one of the BBC streaming services. It might be there. Um, yeah, I'm sure it's on BritBox or something. I don't have that because I'm getting to a point of getting tired of having a streaming service. You only pay for so much. Thankfully, my family is super into like British murder mysteries. So they have BritBox and Acorn and all that. So I can just go in there and see what I want to find. I might, I might have to pull some favors with my family because I give them all my streaming stuff. Be like, look, come on. I know you guys watch the British stuff because of reasons I'm not getting into on this fucking podcast. It's political stuff. Um, but uh, they have it. So I, th- I think they have it. If they do, I might have to try to pull some strings to... Little quid pro quo. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Like, hey, you're using my shit, even though I know you, for a fact, barely watch it. Again, for reasons. <laughs> I might give you something I know you know I'll watch. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I've heard Spaced is, is really fun. I've seen some clips from uh, various, like, you know, I go to the draft houses. I've seen all three Cornettos on the big screen. And, you know, they'll do a pre-show and they'll show clips from Spaced. So it looks it looks good. Um, Edgar Wright, the architect of the Cornetto trilogy, which is comprised of Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, The World's End. They also directed Baby Driver, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, and Last Night in Soho. And he's a he's a really interesting director who I think his strongest uh, skill really is editing. Oh yeah, uh, what this guy can do is so cool. The way he edits a film to like just I, I can't explain it. It's like uh, I don't know. It's like one big inside joke only he knows about. It's really cool. It's like a big inside joke in every movie. So i've been watching all of edgar wright's movies um i only have one left last night in soho which i've never seen but every one of his movies all like you said editing is like his strong suit he's very like the like the camera work how he does like quick um 
like the scene of Sean getting ready in the morning, how it's very quick pans of like, you know, spreading jelly and toast, flushing the toilet, brushing his teeth. It's that's it, in every single one of his movies. So you can always pick out um, an Edgar Wright movie. And also his action sequences are just so like mesmerizing to watch. I don't know how he does it. I don't know how to describe it. Maybe they're all like, honestly, like Mortal Kombat Tekken almost. They're very brutal, fast um, fight scenes and the camera doesn't move away. The camera isn't annoying and shaky. It lets you just take in all the violence, which I really like. Pretty cool. I like that. Uh, Yeah, Last Night in Soho is like a pretty straightforward horror film. Uh, (laughs) Deals with like... The fashion industry of the 60s and all that. It's a, it's a really interesting film. Again, yeah, the way he edits it, his edit shines through in that. Um, I just think Edgar Wright's a really smart writer-director. Um, I know we are talking about quite a bit here with how like his dialogue and stuff pays off later in a film. It's not just in Shaun Dead. Like, it's something he does in every single one of his films where he knows how half things pay off, um, how he incorporates music into his films. has only grown since Shaun Dead, I would say, like, you see hints of it here and not in like obviously the can't stop me now scene. Um, so you see it play out here, but it's only to me gotten uh, progressively better as his career's gone on. It's point where last night solo is like music was a key part of it. Or baby travel was a key part. Music was a key part of it to an extent. Scott program versus the Lord music was a key part to an extent. Um, he's just, yeah, he's a really smart director that has an eye for detail. I, 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 I want, even though I like the Ant Man films, I do lament the fact that we didn't get an Edgar Wright Ant Man film. Yeah, Edgar Wright was he developed an Ant Man film for Marvel and he was going to helm it. And oh. then he had creative differences with Marvel and he left the project. The film went to Peyton Reed, got completely redone, and ended up being the MCU Ant Man that we know and love. And while it was a great movie, we all really want to know what Edgar Wright's vision was. Yeah, he I has to say- create. A Marvel movie at some point. He has to. Well, so he won't anymore. Well, actually, wait. I will say he has gone on record to say it wasn't like a bad blood, bad blood thing. Oh. I appreciate that. Like, I don't like Taika. What I don't know how to say his name. Taika Watiti. Like, yeah. Him, James Gunn. And if we get Edgar Wright. Oh, my God. Like that. I mean, they are looking for a new Fantastic Four director. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give it to Edgar Wright. Come on. I was about to say, I listened to a recent. As far as last one, so it's coming on. Um, I think it was kind of first because he, he felt hurt because he really wanted to do his, his version of Ant Man. Things have settled and he's in better spirits with them. He won't rule out working out with them in the future. That's good to know. That's good to know. One, one of my favorite Edgar Wright fun facts is in Scott Pilgrim versus the world. If you watch the movie, nobody blinks because he wanted it to feel like a manga. And said, so, you know, you can't blink in a manga. So he, he had everyone not blink, which this is a really small detail. But once you know it, every time I watch that movie now, I always pay attention to their eyes to see like, oh, are they blinking? Are they blinking? You know, no, no I, would, I would be like, look, Mr. Wright, respectfully, uh, you're a great director, but I'm goddamn human and I'm blinking. How's that sound? <laughs> I would have been like, can't you fix that in post, Ed? <laughs> but that's cool. Wait, let me just be like, fucking God, can you imagine talking like you're just, <laughs> I will not blink. 
Like, yeah, no, dude, you can do it in post. Like, nope, this, this is a big budget <laughs> studio movie. I'm blinking. <laughs> There's got to be somebody, one of the actors who's like, I can't do that. I'm not going to do that. What if it was Chris Evans, of all people? He's like, I, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. That's That'd be hard to, you know, you're going to fuck up a shot just because you blinked. Like, that was a great take. It's like, well, you blinked. <laughs> Gotta do it again. He's like Stanley Kubrick, all of a sudden. Guess we're doing a take 50, aren't we, Chris? <laughs> During COVID, um, well, I mean, COVID's still going on, but, you know, like right at the height of it, they did a, um, like they, they did a, a video where they all read the script again, like the cast got back together. Read the script again of Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, it was really good. Really fun to watch. You could tell that they all had fun making the movie and they all had good memories, good things to say about it. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, they did a few of those. I thought that was cool. Like Zoom readings of script. I think they did one for Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Mm-hmm. Like, that's cool. That was a cool idea. <laughs> I think Adam Green did something like that. He did some kind of Zoom stuff when this all went down. Yeah. I think they did a Princess Bride one or something similar. I think they might have done like a redone, like a recast Princess Bride. I don't know, but that was a cool idea. Good to keep people in, uh, you know, from keep people away from the fact that the world was on fire. Indeed. Let's talk cast. Hmm? So the world's still on fire, but go on. I know, but we're continuously <laughs> distracted. Oh, in the real quick, did you laugh at the new, uh, the new boys that opened with the Imagine thing? Oh my. God, yes, dude. That, that was whole. So- <laughs> I stayed off. Look, okay, so real quick. I stayed off the internet. Like most of my, work part was easy. Like I was at work. I did my job. I got home. I was like, all right, I'm not getting on the fucking internet. Nope, I'm not getting the shit wearing for me. And as soon as I finally sat down, it was actually not too long after you texted me. So I was like getting ready to hop in the shower. I sat down. I was like, all right, here we go. I watched it. Holy shit! Yeah. What an episode that was. We'll talk more later, but yeah, holy hell, I got a lot to say. Yeah. But I thought opening it with that, like mocking the imagine thing that happened at the beginning of COVID. Oh, that I was, was like, that's so good. The celebrity cameos they got for that. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> oh, that was fun. That was fun. And fucking Black Norn just fucking holding his, his <laughs> signs. I love that show. <sighs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, Simon Pegg, he plays Sean. An electronic store employee turned, I guess, hero. Uh, Peg co-wrote and starred in all three parts of the Cornetto trilogy. He also played Montgomery Scott in the recent Star Trek films, Benji in the Mission Impossible films, and Unkar Plutt in Star Wars: The Force Awakens. He's a huge sci-fi nerd. Loves getting to be a part of you know Star Trek and Star Wars and all this crazy shit. And the boys, which we just brought up, he plays Huey's father. Which and yeah, fun fact was originally conceived for him. Garth Ennis wrote the comic, modeled the main character Huey after him in the comic. One Simon Pegg to play it when they were first going to adapt this, but it took a long ass time for it became in its final, you know, Amazon Prime TV show form. So they couldn't get him, so they settled with saying, "Hey, you want to just be Huey's dad?" It worked out. It worked out. I, but I, yeah, Simon Pegg's become one of my favorite people in Hollywood ever since I saw this movie, and now I'm, I'm so glad he's had such huge success getting to be a big part of various franchises, getting to write a Star Trek movie was huge for him. Yeah. Well, it, it's to me, it's really helped. I'm not saying he's like been trying to make, you know, power moves to get more up there in the actor echelon, 
but it's helped in the sense that like it went from like I knew who he was in my family because of Sean Dead and Hot Fuzz and eventually the awards in, but that one took such a long ass time for us to get. I think I was in college by the time that one finally came out. Um, but because of like Star Trek and also my parents were like, ooh, I like the guy they got, uh, I like this new version of Scotty. They liked who was playing him, and then they knew who Simon Pegg was because of those Star Trek films. Because they liked his take on Scotty. Yeah. It's been cool. It's been nice to kind of be at the beginning of watching him prosper. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just am, I'm, 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 I can't wait for him to inevitably, like, he'll, he'll probably end up in a Marvel movie. Oh, probably. Yeah. Who would, and, who, hmm? who would you have him play, if any Marvel character? Hmm. I would say Marvel or DC. You know, both sides are trying to court him. I'm sure he's yeah. finishing up Mission Impossible 8 or whatever right now. Yeah. Hmm characters and i think damn i don't know uh i want him in the fantastic four i think maybe like i think he'd be a good you know the voice of the thing or something i can see that yeah i think we cool but we'll see uh next up we got nick frost who plays ed sean's deadbeat roommate and best friend frost is also in all three cornetto films as well as paul cuban fury Fighting with My Family, Attack the Block, and the short-lived Amazon series Truth Seekers, which had a cool concept, but I didn't think it was very good. I watched a few episodes, and I was like, mm, yeah. Well, but, well, that was good. Attack yeah. the Block and Fighting with My Family. I like him in both those movies a lot. I didn't see Attack the Block, but I really did like oh, Fighting with My Family. Dude, Attack no, the I'll... Block is so good. So, so good. John Boyega got so fucking short change as far as i'm concerned on the hollywood side of things after that movie because he is excellent in uh attack the block what i hear it's what i hear i think he just signed on for a sequel yeah they're talking about finally doing a sequel and i, I hope nick Far- nick Frost plays like their their drug dealer they go to and he's so fucking funny because he's like stoned throughout the whole thing as his <laughs> alien invasions happening on their block because at some point it's only on their block it's happening <laughs> That's great. That's a great idea. Uh, yeah, Nick Frost is hilarious because he just showed up. Like he wasn't an actor. He was he was Simon Pegg's like old roommate, and they needed an Ed. And he was like, "Hey, you want to be Ed in this movie I'm doing?" And he's like, "All right." And now he's Nick Frost. And the two of them together have some of the best chemistry I've ever seen in any in any like duo. Like we just did um, the Nice Guys. And they were really good, but fuck, man. You can't touch Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Like, you can tell they've been friends for years. You can tell yes. they've been bouncing off each other for years, just coming up with stupid shit, and now it just translates to film so effortlessly. That's why I love Paul. Like, I know Paul isn't considered part of the Cornetto, Cornetto trilogy, but if I'm, watching, if I'm watching the Cornetto trilogy, I always want to watch Paul after because I always want more of the two of them together. Plus, the plot of Paul is very... Cornetto-esque, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I do. Yeah, it's an I, epilogue. I do say it it speaks to their chemistry speaks to the fact that like ever since the Cornetto trilogy ended, fans have been wanting them to keep doing stuff together. Like it's been constantly asked, like, hey, when you guys are gonna do another movie together? When are like the all three of you going to get back? Like that to me really speaks to how much like people love, you know, Sean did Hot Fuzz and you know the Ward's End, that like we like when they are all three together and giving us something truly special that fans are still like hey when are you gonna do it again we're like 
come on. And they haven't ruled it out. They've all even said, like, if something really, if we have the time and something becomes something good, we'll get back together. But I think, you know, Edgar Wright's going on to do big things. Simon Pegg's going on to do big things. Nick Frost is doing his own little thing. Like, and I just think, unfortunately, as great it would be to have them all three back together again. It just, it might be more difficult now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully they can find a way to get all their their uh, schedules to synchronize and we can get something because that would be sweet. Uh, there's, have you ever seen the movie Cuban Fury? I've seen bits and pieces about the whole thing. It's uh, Nick Frost plays a, uh, a former salsa dancing uh, prodigy who right. had a moment of like, I think he, he lost a competition or something and he stopped dancing when he was a kid and then he grew up and he still wants to do it. But now he's insecure and he becomes like he, he falls in love with a, a co-worker and it's like she's really into salsa dancing. So he's like, I'm going to get it back and I'm going to impress her. And Ian McShane is his like hardcore salsa coach. Oh, my God. It's so funny. Uh, Chris O'Dowd plays his like super unbelievable asshole co-worker who's also trying to hook up with the girl. And uh, there's a scene where they have a, a salsa dance off in the parking garage. <laughs> and they stop because there's a car coming. And the car drives by and it's Simon Pegg. <laughs> and he just looks at Nick Frost like, what are you doing? <laughs> it, was, it was great. That's a that's a nice little little gem of a movie that is, is pretty damn funny. I didn't see that one. I did really like Nick Frost and Fine with My Family. Like he was he was good in that movie. I love when The Rock calls him and he's like, "Yeah, sure." And I'm Vin Diesel. And hangs cool. up. <laughs> <laughs> that is what? Yeah, he, I love Nick Frost. He's yeah. he's hilarious. He he was funny. I, I remember thinking like, "Oh, he's really funny in this." And also, there's no way. And I, I was like, "Grant, this is based off true story." There's no way in hell. He gets someone like Lena Hetty looking like that. <laughs> God damn it. Dude, the girl in Cuban Fury is Rashida Jones. Like, Fuck. yeah, he's <laughs> fantasy is great. Right. <laughs> I, lo- I know what people are saying, guys. It's more than how you look. Physical attraction does play a part. Don't get fooled. I got to say, though, he could fucking dance in Cuban Fury. Like, I get it. If, if I could dance like that. So yeah, I think he can dance and he's funny. So he's, he's winning, basically. 100%. Yeah. As long as you, if you can, if you can salsa dance, you're hilarious and you have a good personality, you're going to have a great life. No. <laughs> um, next up, we got Kate Ashfield who plays Liz, Sean's ex girlfriend. Um, she's stuck Whoa. mainly to hmm? girlfriend. Fair enough. Okay. Fair enough. Girlfriend. <laughs> they were broken up for a night. Sean, it's your dad. Not my dad. He's my stepdad. <laughs> um, she's stuck mainly to BBC series such as Line of Duty, Secrets and Lies, A Confession, and uh, Sandition. And she didn't come back for the other two Cornettos, so she's only in this one, but she is good. Uh, I like Liz. Like She's a pragmatist. I get it. Yeah. Your boyfriend just only wants to sit in a pub for every moment of every day, has zero ambitions. Like, yeah, you kind of got to make a decision there. Yeah, he's the oldest guy at the age of 29 working at his shop. <laughs> I love that. Like, what are you, 20, 21, 17? <laughs> Dude, when he when Sean goes, I'm 29, I was sitting there going, oh, shit, I'm 29. Let's calm down, movie. <laughs> I love when he says, like, you know, I got, I got things I want to do with my life. He's like, when? <laughs> yeah. I love that. It's like, damn, that's stunning. I love this, like, the payback is that he becomes a zombie. So now he is forever stuck doing that work. Yeah. 
I can't wait to get into the movie. I got so much to unpack. Um, character actor Bill Nye plays Philip, Sean's stepdad, as he is very clear to remind people. <laughs> uh, Nye is a highly accomplished and respected character actor who's been in such films as Love Actually, Underworld, Rango, Hot Fuzz, The World's End, and the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise as Davy Jones. And he is one of the first people who signed up for this movie. They sent him a script, and he was immediately like, I want to be Philip. <laughs> and then he was the chief inspector, and then he was the network. And I love that he's been a mainstay of the Cornetto trilogy. I love Bill Nye. Oh, he's great. I My introduction to him was, I think, actually, it was either this movie. It was this one in Underworld. It was like the back-to-back intro for me for Bill Nye. Because so I was like, oh, hey, he's in this movie of vampires and werewolves and Kate Beckinsale. And that's all that went through my head. <laughs> Every time I see him, I get a little. My heart smiles a little bit. Same, same. I to me, his all-time best performance is Davy Jones. Oh yes, as great as Davy Jones. That character is a fucking gem. Good <laughs> kidding. His uh, voice is so iconic. Yeah, creepy as. Hell. Have you ever seen the behind-the-scenes footage of like his exaggerated performances with like the blue dots? Like, yeah, well he, done, man. He gets into it. Yeah. Yeah. For a movie that he admitted he took entirely for the money, wait, wait, like he did a great job. No, oh, yeah, he may have took it for the money, but he's an actor that always gives you his all. So I respect that. Mm-hmm. Damn, yeah, me too, man. Uh, and yeah, as Philip, I love that he's just this stern stepdad who wants to make a connection with John but doesn't know how. It's like, ouch. So yeah. if I, so like I said when we were off air, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna confess to this, but. Um, I have watched this movie three times in the past week um, just because it's so good. And the first time I watched it after a while, um, my eyes got a little moist when Philip dies just because it's, uh, it's, 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 it hits hard. This like the little speech he has at the end is, is always a little sad, you know, because that's when you realize, oh, fuck, he did care. But, you know, like meeting your, your stepson when he's 17 is, is rough. Yeah. 17, 17. Yeah. And yeah, I love that moment when he's one of my favorite things about Shaun of the Dead is how brilliantly and carefully the drama is inserted. We get just the right amount of just really emotional moments in this movie that doesn't downplay the horror or the comedy. It just enhances it. And that is brilliant filmmaking. I'll get into it a little bit later when we get into the movie, more so when we get to the part when they're at the Winchester at the end. Yeah, but um again it's me maybe thinking a little too deep into movies but um yeah i I guess i guess there is the 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 amount of fan theories and shit that's online you're fine you can't have a filmgasm unless you go deep (laughs) that's true oh god (laughs) yeah i go balls deep every time the three of us do an episode together we always talk about like dicks or something <laughs> that's just how it works it is how it works like There's no way dicks will not be talked about in my presence that's true that's true yeah. <laughs> i just broke connor with that one <laughs> I just, uh, yeah i just love that i get to do this um Yeah, we're definitely going to get into the emotion a bit further. Uh, Next up, we got Penelope Wilton, who plays Barbara, Sean's mom. Uh, Wilton can be seen on the Netflix dramedy series Afterlife, as well as films like Operation Mincemeat, The Best Exotic Marigold Hotel, Matchpoint, Downton Abbey, and she played Prime Minister Harriet Jones during the David Tennant years of Doctor Who. 
And she's just so delightful. Just a charming, care, caring mom who does not deserve what happens to her. Aww. It's so sad. <laughs> yeah, I love, I love when she's like, do you want sandwiches? No, mom. I'm going to make some sandwiches. Okay. <laughs> I love Ed's weird lust for his mom that turns into genuine love. Yeah. <laughs> it's, at first, she's just like, I want to fuck his mom. But then it's like, I, I hope she's okay. <laughs> yeah. Told Barbara, say hi. That scene where uh, he, um, she calls Sean and, uh, you know, he's like, mom, have you been bitten? And she's like, no, but Philip has. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I love Ed. Has she been bitten? No, but Philip has. Oh, okay. All right. I love when they go to his mom's house and she's like, hello, Edward. Like, my, you've grown. And he's like, yeah, you better believe it. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, so stupid. <laughs> it's great. Um, then we got Dylan Moran plays David. Liz's friend, who's a twat. You have the worst character oh. in this fucking movie. I forgot how much I hate David until I was watching it again. I was like, God, every, every zombie movie has has one. There's always at least one every time. It, Just an absolute prick who does not take this seriously. It's always one, unless you're The Walking Dead. You've had at least 10 going or 11 because, you know, you have to have one per season. Yep. And sometimes it's a longtime character who is delegated to just being completely out of character because they don't have one this season. <laughs> I think uh, like, yeah, every Simon movie has to have one. But I think this movie with David's character, um, he's the most realistic because I, I could see someone acting just like David in this situation. Yeah, and I forgot, the... I forgot yeah, but... he, like, he almost shoots Sean. Well, you know, he does. He shoot Sean. He would have shot him if there were if there was ammo in the gun. I forgot. Well, I love that. it's so yeah, it's brutal. But I love that this movie forces these characters to reveal their true, like their true selves. You know, Sean yeah. is a lazy deadbeat, but when he when he's forced to step up, he's a leader. Yeah. And David, when he's forced to step up, is a slimy bastard. It's yeah. it's great. You know, I mean, just you know, like skulking around the girl who rejected him because he's still somehow hoping somehow he's going to slide in there and he's just been holding on to that for like 20 years. That's, that's fucked up. Yeah. And everyone well, knows it. And it's just this like unspoken thing. It's so weird. Well, what I love is that like him, just like how everyone's so quick to latch on to Sean as the leader and just the look on his face, like really the slacker, like first he gets the girl and now he's, he's the leader of this group. He's like, yeah, because we like Sean. Yeah. He may be a slacker, but he's a nice guy, goddammit. He, he yeah. genuinely is a great guy. Like, seriously. Yeah. I mean, but just look at Ed. Ed's got nowhere to go. He doesn't bring anything to the table, but Sean keeps him around because he's his friend. Exactly. That's it. It's, yeah. yeah. Um, Dylan Moran was in Run, Fat Boy, Run, another Simon Pegg film I really want to see about a dude who's like, trying to get in shape by running a marathon to get his girlfriend back or something. Um, Notting Hill. And he's going to be in the Netflix spinoff series, the Witcher blood origin. So you can catch him there. I will catch him there. Cause I'm going to watch that. Cause I'm a big fan of the Witcher on Netflix. Very nice. Very nice indeed. Uh, I hope you could, he's, his name was something like somebody. It was a weird Dude, name. I, these fancy shows man between that one, the upcoming house of the dragon dragons, what the fuck it's called. And uh, the Lord of the Rings show, like, I'm I'm losing patience on fantasy character names. Like, this God one made me laugh, though. It was Oth- 
Uthrock one nut. No. <laughs> so, that makes sense because The Witcher is a little bit more um, risque, if you will, like upfront about it. Like you have Lord of the Rings, which is very like it can anyone can watch Lord of the Rings, and you get Game of Thrones, which on one hand it is very upfront, but there's still things they like to keep under the surface, unless you're watching it, obviously. And which was like, fuck that. This is what we're about. We have a character <laughs> named One Nut. I respect that. Show. In Game of Thrones, you have characters, you know, like named like Tyrion. And fucking, you know. You then you also you had like Hot Pie and a dude named John. So it's like. Yeah. Ned. Yeah. Ned. 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 <laughs> Can you imagine like living in that time when it has these epic names? What's your name, Bob? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> always makes me laugh the the combination of like over the top fantasy names and then like just regular names <laughs> they have a character named daenerys targaryen and then another person named rob stark yep exactly like rob this is rob <laughs> this is john <laughs> snow <laughs> so weird to me man uh but moving on uh we got lucy davis who plays diane liz's other friend who's apparently a failed actress uh, Davis played Don Tinsley in the British version of The Office, basically the equivalent of Pam. Uh, she was also in Wonder Woman, Garfield, A Tale of Two Kitties, and the Netflix series Chilling Adventures of Sabrina as Hilda Spellman. Oh, shit. That was her? Apparently it was. She looked a lot different. I did not recognize her, and I'm going to be nice and keep it at that. Yeah. Uh, okay. I think these- yeah, I think these days she's known mostly for Wonder Woman. She was Steve Trevor's like assistant. Um, she looks a lot different. Yes, she does. I did not know. Okay. <laughs> Do you like the Sabrina show on Netflix? I, I liked it. Um, I don't like how Netflix did not tell them they until the last possible minute that they weren't getting renewed. So they had to scramble to figure out how to end in the show so you did not get like any time at all they just got told one day at like the last minute oh yeah we're not renewing you guys we, you guys betting on that yeah not happening you're canceled mm. that's that's shitty i didn't watch it but i don't like that that was pretty underhanded so i don't i don't like that yeah i was like look at least like give them like warning in advance like hey this is gonna be the last season. We're new, but the next one is gonna be the last season. But yeah, I I enjoy. It. I like the I like I enjoy the darker take on Spring. I know like some fans were acting so fucking stupid. About, like, is the cat going to talk? Is the cat going to talk? Like, shut up! It's not the sitcom. No, yeah. the cat doesn't talk. Get the fuck over it. Oh. I always just I know this is petty, but anytime I hear about Sabrina, I think of the the robot chicken sketch, Sabrina the teenage bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just her being a complete bitch. I don't even think there's magic. She's just hurting people's feelings. <laughs> so I, yeah, I've never really, I've never been on that one. I never cared about Sabrina, the teenage witch. And I don't like the actress who played Sabrina in the new show. I didn't like her on Mad Men. So I was like, I don't want to see this. She's good as Sabrina. I will say. Well, I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> I feel like there's always some show you guys are trying to like, <laughs> Stranger Things, Connor. You should really watch Stranger. Maybe if you just watch more shows. Maybe if you just watch more shows instead of having this weird stance. I just don't want to. I got movies to watch. Yeah, you can watch shows also. I do both. Good for you. I don't want to. Just because you're stupid. 
Fair enough. Yeah. Shaun oh, of the yeah. Dead has an IMDb score of 7.9. Rotten Tomatoes score of 92%. It's a big hit, grossing about $30 million on a budget of $6 million. It's become a celebrated cult classic, is widely considered among fans to be one of the greatest zombie movies of all time, and I will second that. Yeah. It's awesome. I'll third so, that. So, yeah. Um, with that... Threesome that. Go on. Hmm? Go on. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, with that, let's get into the movie. Let's talk about Shaun of the Dead. Uh, there's quite a lot. So if we miss something, well, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we talk about hot fuzz. Maybe we'll remember to talk about that. Just want to start from the beginning on this one. Pretty go much. We're just going to go through this one. Yeah. Um, it opens up with some creepy sounded music that I'm pretty sure was from one of Romero's films. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you remember that, Caleb? I didn't recognize it, but it's been a minute since I've seen the original trilogy of zombie films. I, I think know. it's from Dawn of the Dead. It sounds like it's from Dawn of the Dead, but I don't. I don't want to. Yeah, whatever. Then we go into Ghost them Town. on the, yeah Ghost Town by the Specials, which is just what a great song, dude. The soundtrack I do is fucking do. phenomenal. Yeah, well, I'll say during this title sequence stuff, I do really like how they make a point to show you that just the mundaneness of life like that's what i realized like how to me it's realistic in the sense that everything's so mundane so many people just don't notice it because we're already zombies in a way too routine yeah. i yes. love that i love that everybody you see in that montage you see later as an actual zombie just yeah. walking through town i, lo- I love yeah. that because we're, we're we're zombies to routine essentially you know what i mean like like for example today sunday i did what i usually do i clean my place from top to bottom this point, I'm a fucking zombie when I do it. I put on my fucking podcast or music and I just go down and then I finish up. I get it, right? Yeah, you need some spice. You gotta have some spice in your life or else you'll end up at the Winchester with the rest of these sad old fuckers drinking yourself to death wondering what the hell happened. How dare you? These are rich, interesting characters, okay? Like who? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that whole thing. Um, but yeah, we just meet Sean staring into space, smoking a cigarette at the pub. With his girlfriend, because they clearly do this every fucking night. <laughs> uh, I, I've been to London. It's a big mind. place. There are other places to go. I'll say I would lose my mind if you were like a friend that like for like the tenth night in a row. <laughs> no, I don't. Fuck off. We've been there every single night. Well, I love that. Like he brings Ed, and she needs a buffer, so she brings her friends, and then nobody has a good time. I love how they how they filmed that too because it opens up with just seeing Sean and Liz and then she's like, "Hey, it's not like that I don't like Ed," and then she's like, "Ed, it's not that I don't like you," and then you realize, "Oh, he's there," and then he does the same thing. He's like, like, "Yeah," (laughs) he's like, "Uh, "You know, it's not that I don't like your friends," and then he looks over and he's like, "Guys, it's not that I don't like you." This is (laughs) it's a great opener. It's a great introduction to these characters. They're all they all just look miserable. Yeah. Yeah. Except Ed, who's just always kind of having the time of his life, regardless of what he's doing. He's the only one in this film who's not a zombie. Ed doesn't give a shit. He doesn't. I think we can all take a, a cue from Ed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that he's always playing that game and he's just off in the, you just hear him off at the side being like, fuck, and just cock it. Like, I love that. If you pay attention to how he says that, it's in sync with what they're saying. Yeah. When she's like, we just need a good, and I was seeing her, I'd go, fuck. Yeah. I think I would, my favorite, yeah, my favorite Ed moment is when he's like, you know, he just walks over, he's like, can I get 
any of you cunts a drink. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. And they're just talking about like, we got to do something. And you can tell Liz is like, if you don't change, I'm leaving you tomorrow. And Sean does not catch that at all. He's just like, it's fine. We'll figure it out. (laughs) He's not even paying attention. I I truly believe in that moment he thought he was going to change. At least for a second. Yeah, but then he forgets to book the restaurant. I was thinking, okay. I, a, I don't think he was paying attention. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think he was paying attention, but like, come on. Like, I think I we know. all have these moments of like, you know what? I'm going to make it an effort. Like, starting tomorrow, like, I'm, you know, I'm going to stop smoking. I'm going to stop drinking. I'm going to figure this out. And very few of us actually fucking do it. Yeah, my, my thing's been I'm going to start working out. It hasn't happened yet. I've said that for months now. <laughs> I Mine is I'm going to you know stop drinking soda. I had a Dr. Pepper three hours ago. <laughs> I've, I've never I've never told myself to stop drinking soda because I will not stop drinking Dr. Pepper. I know. It's like your fucking lifeblood. I couldn't. I don't <laughs> think I've ever seen you drink anything else. <laughs> but yeah, I'm it's just at it's, a point where my body needs it to survive. But that's it is. I feel like if you stopped drinking Dr. Pepper, you'd be in the hospital within like three or four days. And the doctors would be like, what happened? And I'd be the only being like, he needs Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Gosh, can't believe I'm saying this, but uh, if you stop drinking Dr. Pepper, you will die. You <laughs> need to keep drinking it. But yeah, I think that's what Sean was doing. Sean was like, you know what? You're right. We're going to do this. And then the next day, all his motivation was gone and he just forgot. Yeah. Well, and in all fairness, at the same time, like I also felt like, you know, we are, especially in our 20s, it doesn't matter if it's like when you're, you know, early 21, 22. And, you know, like in my example, 29, right? Going on 30 by the end of this year. Um, We just have those moments where it's like, where are we going? You know what I mean? You start to think about that. And I'm sure that's like what we find Sean at this point where it's like, I think deep down, he's probably not happy at his job. He's no. just, he's just thinking like, what has my life? Like, what am I going to do with my life? Like I'm 29. I'm still working at this fucking department store. Well, like Sean is in this moment. I think we all get there where it's like, I'm just going to be here for a few more weeks and then I'll get started on the, you know, my real life. But that was years ago. And he, he's comfortable now. And when you're comfortable, you start not paying attention anymore. You're just like, well, you know, Liz will be there when I get home. I don't, you know, my, I've got my flatmates. I've got my job. I've got my pub. What else do I need? So just getting a little personal uh i was sort of in a moment like this very recently where i got very comfortable with where i was un- unfortunately um so i i really connected with sean because i feel like he's not um he's turning into the zombie when we meet him he's not fully there yet because he still has the ability to be like okay i can stop this but i, I just feel like the routine is very addicting because it's comfortable like you said so the next morning i think he, he you know he wakes up and he's like all right i'm gonna go to work i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this but because make making reservations at the restaurant is new obviously he's gonna forget yeah. because he's so used to this routine and that's why that the um, the whole scene of him going through his day is so iconic because he's noticing little things that are different out of his routine and it makes him uncomfortable but then the next day 
That's why he doesn't notice. Because when we watch the scene of him waking up and there's zombies everywhere, we're like, dude, fucking look around you. There's not like clearly ever like everything's fucked. But he doesn't care because it's routine and it's addicting. It's comfortable. Yeah, it's yeah. great. It's a great just kind of social commentary on the way we all live our lives without noticing what's important. And I love that. Yeah. Even on uh, some, not not as like deep or personal, but like with that routine, you know, like I have my routine, right? I wake up and take care of my pets, make coffee, get ready for work, do my work. I come home, you know, get, get out of my uniform, shower, and then I sit down and watch my TV because I'm fucking, I'm wiped. I've had a work day. I've been taking care of the pets. I'm ready to sit down and just decompress, right? Watch some YouTube, watch some movies, play some videos, whatever. Um, that sometimes with Josh being on deployment, you know, he he asked me to sometimes get movies and stuff for him that he obviously can't get because of internet connection, stuff like that. There's been a couple of times he tells me, I remember when he tells me, I'm like, okay, yeah, I got you. When I get off work, I'm doing my stuff and I sit down and maybe like two hours or so later, I'm like, fuck. And then I'm like, oh shit, I got to work. And it sucks because sometimes it's like all like a, a shirt off fright wags that if I don't do it in time, there goes the size. You know, they only have a fucking certain amount, right? So I'm just like, and I looked, I'm like, oh, fuck, they're out of the size. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to change your routine. It really is. It's if you're not committed, if you're not focused, it's going to you're going to fall back into it. And I've been there many times. Um, and I love this movie because it just it's that's what it's about. Like the zombies are just there to remind you that sometimes you got to shake things up. I, yeah, I, I guess I'll talk about I was going to talk about it when we get to the Winchester, but I feel like the zombies like they represent life. There's a scene at the Winchester when they're, you know, they're back behind the bar. All the zombies are crowding in them. And Sean says, oh, give us a fucking break. Like that's I feel like that's a metaphor for life. Like, bro, give me a fucking second. But it's not it's, it's never going to stop. You're going to have to make time for yourself. Like, well, I love yeah. that the zombies pretty much they they take every obstacle out of Sean's life. I mean, you yeah. know, Ed was holding him back. He's gone. His roommate was constantly on his ass. He's gone. Liz's friends didn't like him. He's gone. They're gone. Like even his mom, his relationship with his mom and, you know, Philip and all that, that's gone. Now he's he's free at the end of the movie. He's like him and Liz can actually have their relationship because he's got nothing. He's got no excuses anymore. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though, granted, what I love is that he goes back to routine. <laughs> Yeah. Now, if anything, part of that her into his monotony. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like it, I feel like at that point it's different. Like, um, like when he's at the end of the movie, he sits down. He's like, "Oh, what's the plan?" And it's still kind of boring and routine. But I, I don't know. There's something different about it. Maybe it's the apartment's clean now. Maybe you can tell that Sean is happy now. Not yeah, just comfortable and happy, but actually genuinely happy. Yeah, it's routine, but it's with someone he, he, you know, he loves. With the late woman he loves, now he's, he, he, and yeah, he noticed it. I even I noticed it this time. Watching, I was like, that place is a lot cleaner than when it was just two dudes. And I'm like, look, I, I won't say it now. If you're going on your 30s and you still have a fucking pigsty like that, like, dude, come on. <laughs> yeah. I'm I like I said I'm 29 myself, and I literally just cleaned my place today because I like keeping my place clean. Because I'm single and don't want some chick to be like, wow, this guy's filthy when she enters my fucking apartment. Um, well, let's go back a bit to the beginning. Um, the You know, we get the montage of, of the zombies. 
I love Sean coming out of his room, like moaning like a zombie. And then we just see these yawning. I thought that was a great touch. Oh, yeah. I like when he comes downstairs and he gets player two. Don't you got work? And you just hear player two exiting the game. <laughs> that was great. Uh, I love Pete. His introduction. Uh, Peter Serafinowicz is one of my favorite random character actors. He's hilarious. <laughs> and uh, pops in random stuff. You may remember him as the sommelier from John Wick Chapter 2. Oh, shit. That's right. Something robust. Really uh, he's also the voice of... Hmm? I really liked him in that role. Yeah, he was great. He's also the voice of Darth Maul in Star Wars The Phantom Menace. Oh, okay. What? Yep. Not not the body, just the voice. That one line of dialogue he had, that's Peter Serafinowicz. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, he's hilarious. I love Pete. Just this, he's He's what Sean does not want to become. He's this, you know, kind of angry bitter guy who's got a good job but he's still there he's still living with them so like how successful is he really you know you know it's funny as i've got like i used to fucking despise pete when i was a kid i was like god this character's annoying like sean and ed are so cool i've gotten older now and i still like sean a lot and i still don't really like pete all that much but at the same time like kind of i kind of see where he's coming from now like when they were playing the music loud for, I would have done something like, guys, I got work. Turn the fucking music off. Holy <laughs> shit. What a great moment. Just, you know, it's four in the fucking morning. Yeah. So good. That's like, cool. I, I, I understand his, I'm like, he has work. I get it. I understand. Like, I'd be pissed too. Yeah. <laughs> you said uh, that you, like, Pete is what Sean doesn't want to become. I feel like Ed is the same thing, but on the opposite end of that spectrum. And Sean is like right in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. If, if he gives up, he's Ed. If he commits, he's Pete, and he doesn't want to do either one of those. And, and what's funny is you, you say he's like successful, but still lives with them. I'm in the military. I'm technically by all stand, like all terms of the word, successful, and I live with Josh. So you know. <laughs> yeah, but you're also not a prick about it. Pete's very much a prick about it. Like that's his whole thing. Is he's a prick. <laughs> yeah, I will say I'm not. I I I enjoy living with Josh. I would never tell him that to his face, though. He doesn't get that from me. <laughs> you know, when um, he, uh, yeah, that's where he's yelling at them and he's like, the front door was open again. I realized. I love, I love that he's not leaving, he's not like leaving the door unlocked. Like Ed is leaving the front door just fucking completely nope. open. Yeah. That's what and I was going to say. It's not Ed. It's not Ed. I realized on this watch, it's Sean leaving the door open. It's Sean. Yeah. As Sean goes to the shop and when he comes back in, that's when the zombie comes into the house. The oh only my God. left yeah. was Sean. And, it's then and, Sean. It, and again, I identify with Pete. I'd be like, guys, close the fucking door and lock it. Holy shit. Anyone can just come in and rob it if they wanted to. I, yeah. I honestly never noticed that it was Sean leaving the door open. Yeah. That's, that's great. That, that's why he's so smug about it. He's like, when they're getting right in the morning, and he's like, I'm not saying it's you. And he's like, I know, man. He's like, I'm saying it was Ed. And he's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. I I did because of Pete, I have brought fuck a doodle do into my vernacular. Oh, I yeah. love fuck that line so much. <laughs> fuck a doodle do. It's such a mean thing to say, but also really funny. I love how much Pete hates Ed. It's just he's just a complete waste of space. And he never like I hope he's telling him, like, when you take the messages, could you write down everybody's, not just yours? Yep. <laughs> it's not it's not that hard, is it? He's just such an asshole. <laughs> yeah, it, it is funny because, like I said, as a guy, I was like, 
Pete's anger towards them is not completely unwarranted. As you get older, you're like, I kind of get his viewpoints. Like, I, yeah, if you were not writing down all the messages at the time, but you know, because this was before, if we have any young listeners, this is well before your fancy, fancy fucking iPhones and stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah. answering machines were a thing. So, you know, yeah, I would be like, yeah, please write down fucking my messages too from work. You know, lock the close and lock the front door. Shit. And don't close. play music at four in the morning when I got work, assholes. <laughs> Could you imagine not closing your front door? Yeah. What the I, fuck? That's an amazing level of lazy. I can't even fathom that. Look, I watch way too many like Mr. Nightmare videos on like YouTube, so that's not happening. I saw one. I made you watch it. I'm gonna send it to you, Connor. But yeah, there's no way in hell I'm not fucking doing that shit. Yeah, I. To be fair, in that video, like you could close and lock the front door. It ain't. It wasn't gonna fucking help. No, that that was terrifying. That guy found a way in. Yeah. It was some creepy stalker dude that, like, got under their house, and they had footage of it. It was so freaking. Yeah, yeah. So, like, usually Mr. Nightmare just tells stories, right? And that's it. Mm-hmm. But one week, he's like, hey, I want to do something different because a fan, these get sent by fans. And um, they were like, yeah, I got this really creepy video I want to show you. And so he's doing the usual story, setting it up, and he's playing the video as it's doing it. So you're seeing the footage that was shown to him. And you get the guy, like I said, there was this ex-stalker of this dude's girlfriend, right? Or okay, ex, a stalker, stalker. ex. There we go. Stalker I used ex to be a stalker, not anymore. Of his girlfriend, you know, of his girlfriend, okay? I I wrote that weird. But he found, at one point, as he's looking, this weird shit's going on in the house, like, what the fuck? He's looking around, and he finds a hole kind of his floor. And again, you're seeing all this on the video, right? This is all actual footage you're seeing on the fucking YouTube thing. And he opens it, and he goes in there, because he's always like, well, what the fuck? And he investigate. And as you do it, Mr. Nightmare stops saying anything. He's just like, all right, and this is what he saw. And then he just shuts the fuck up as the camera that the dude, his phone, turns, and there's a fucker just crouched in a corner and lunges at him i mean on camera you hear the guy scream the phone drops like luckily guy got out was okay police got called all that good stuff but it fucking i just got goosebumps talking about it 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 legit got me and i watch this shit religiously so i'll send you the link when we're done here it's 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 a freaky video okay yeah i want to yeah but um i forgot how did we get here oh yeah leaving your door open oh yeah (laughs) But um, yeah, it is amazing. Uh, so from there, the next day, Sean wakes up, does not, or well, from there, you know, he goes to work. He doesn't call the, the place that does all the fish, which I love is called Fulci's. It's a great touch. I can separate my work and personal life. Thank you, Sean. It's your mom. <laughs> I love oh, Lucio Fulci is, you know, one of the greatest Italian horror directors. So a nice nod to him was, was, was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, City of Living Dead, Beyond, House by Cemetery, uh, oh yeah. New Ripper. Thanks to Josh, I have seen quite a lot of Fulci. I fucking love Fulci. God damn it. <laughs> I think he's all right. Uh, yeah, you suck. I know. I know I suck. Uh, Sean goes to work. He works at Forey Electric, named after Ken Forey from Dawn of the Dead. Wonderful. <laughs> um, also, as the man who fought Michael Myers and Rob Zombie's Halloween. I, it's been so long since I he saw was, that. He was, uh, I think, Big Al. Yeah, he was Big Al, the trucker. I had to make the pit stop. Okay. 
I'll take your word for it because I don't remember any details about Rob Michael Zombie. Michael starts knocking on the stall. And he's like, I'm trying. First off, he makes a crude fucking reference to him shitting. And then they fight in the stall. And apparently, I saw it behind the scenes. Those were actual stall doors that they fucking broke because the, the team forgot to put in the fake ones. They were like, oh, yeah, we were supposed to put in these fake ones. And Rob Zombie's like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, That's those awesome. are the real ones that we just broke. <laughs> That's fantastic. I love that. I also love Sean's little reference to Ash feeling a little under the weather. Reference to Ash Williams from the Evil Dead franchise. He's, he's you know, he has to get back to Necronomicon. It's, it's understandable. Yeah, yeah he's a minute before he makes it back to work. Yeah. I'm the oldest senior member. What was that shithead? Yeah, he's, he's like, and I'll be taking over as the, the guy's like oldest. He's like senior staff member. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Noel. What I love Noel's friend. phone call when you realize like he's the guy trying to get drugs off Ed. Yeah. <laughs> he's only got Henry. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's great. Um, and then they have that moment of like, you know, I got things I want to do with my life. When? And that's when we get the immortal line. You've got red on you. <laughs> got red on you. <laughs> Keeps coming up. I love that. Versus just, Sean. you know, ink. That is fucking so much blood. <laughs> Sean, what? I'm at work. Your dad's right. He's not my dad. He's my stepdad. <laughs> There's something so creepy in the way Philip turns around. It's like he's on a swivel. Did you, did you remember to get the flowers, Sean? I wasn't gonna. Yeah. Then Noel's like, how can we get to speak to your dad? He's like, I have no problem keeping my work and home life separate. And that's when Liz calls. <laughs> hey, Sean. Sean, it's Liz. Straight up oh. reminds him, like, so did you book the restaurant? He's just like, yep. Like, just not even listening. I got it. <sighs> yep. As he's doing all this shit by her, like the, and the eye roll and stuff like that. Ugh. I love that throughout this whole bit, in the background, you keep seeing like weird shit happen. You keep hearing about like a health crisis or a yeah a satellite re-entered Earth unexpectedly, and it's like what you know. It's all shit that might have caused this. I love uh, that and how Sean is seeing it but not registering it fully. He just goes back to his old ways. Which again, yeah. if you want to take this as like they're ta- really taking a stab at like routine and the mundaneness of life, I I love the fact that he's like something's clearly going on. And he's just like. Okay, which I first bit that's unrealistic, but COVID kind of showed me that that is exactly how people will react. He gets distracted yep. with his routine because he has moments where he's like, you know, he's there, like when he's looking through the channels at at uh, work, and he's like looking at the news for a second. He's like, he's like, oh fuck, what's going on? And then that's when you know his dad enters. His yeah. like, um, when he's staring at the newspaper in the shop, and he's like, oh, what the fuck is that? And then, you know, Nelson comes and he's like, no beer today? And he's like, no, it's mm-hmm. 8 o'clock in the morning. I do. I, I like that, too. Like, every time he starts to know, something gets him out of it. Like, happens. It's always his routine. It's the people that keep interfering with his life. They keep getting in his way. Well, that kid who throws a soccer ball at him and he's like, hey, you're dead. dead. <laughs> <laughs> every single day he trips on that fucking curb. Every day. Yeah. <laughs> I like when he trips later in the shop and he just keeps walking. And you're like, dude, you just tripped in blood. That's my favorite bit of that whole take when, you know, just the bloody handprints on the glass. Nelson's a zombie in the back and he just squeaks on the blood without even noticing because he's so unfocused. It's great. Unfocused. And I was oh, assuming yeah. hungover. I was like a mixture of both. 
I've been to the store. I've been to a gas station after I've been hungover. And yeah, I'm just like, all right, what am I grabbing here? Okay, cool. And I'm not paying attention to anything. But I love the first time he gets a regular, you know, get to to Coke, he goes to work. Then when Liz breaks up with him after he, you know, yeah. yeah, that whole thing about like, you know, you promised you would change. The next day he gets a Diet Coke. Yep. Like that's the little moment that shows like he really is trying. Yeah, yeah, I, like I don't that. approve of his choice of soda, but oh, it's disgusting. Well, I'm going through a thing. I'm going through a thing. I can't stop drinking Diet Coke. I don't know why. Ah, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. I hate all diet sodas. Like it's, it's not diet soda sucks. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sorry. Yeah, I'm with you on that, Caleb. Diet yeah. soda is revolting to me. But you do you. Sure. It works for you, man. You know what? I'll accept it as long as you don't go any further and try to find some like new cokes out there. Oh no. And then you're uh, like, these guys, I stir, these are really good. <laughs> Caleb, have you tried the Starlight Coke? I have. No. What is it? What does it taste like? Because Star is not a flavor. I want to know, like, what is that? It tastes like, it tastes like outer space, man. Well, no. Starlight's a character on the boys. So, I mean. Okay. All right. All right, guys. Go down that route. Well, okay. to Huey, Starlight is a flavor, but not the rest of us. Okay. That lucky son of a bitch. <laughs> Right, well, uh, just, anyway, I, I want to try it, but I also don't want to buy it. So, like, I just want to know what it yeah, tastes like. Honestly, the only Coke I like is the Coke Cherry. I do fuck with Coke Cherry. Okay. Cherry Coke's good. I'm a vanilla Coke guy. I do enjoy that. Yeah, vanilla Coke's good. Yeah, but I also yeah. feel like I'm drinking liquid diabetes whenever I have one. It's like, this is, is so much sugar in this. Coke it's, is loaded. I'm going to regret this. <laughs> to think they used to actually put cocaine in that shit. I know, and it was healthier then. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right where do you want all right so he fucks up with the restaurant he goes home he calls Fulci's and they're like nope the guy who answers the phone at Fulci's by the way Edgar Wright oh yeah well, that's great <laughs> uh can't get the table Liz calls he's like well you want to go to the Winchester <laughs> I thought she hangs up on that like, so what are we going to do now oh I love it. I love Ed in the back with the W like come on <laughs> there's other places come it's on. London there's so many places in London. Like London oh. is known for the insane amount of pubs they have too. Like that's the only one. Well, even that, like I, I mean, go. There's restaurants too. Like take you can take Liz anywhere. There's thousands of restaurants in London. <laughs> but ah, it's just it's routine. He goes over there with his mom's flowers. I love that that fuck up. <laughs> and he tries to get in, and he tries to climb the, the wall, but he can't do it. Of course, later he's motivated and climbs the wall. Yeah, I do like, and I think it was in this scene when like David won't shut the fuck up. And one of my favorite lines of dialogue to this day: "Get fucked for eyes." I die laughing every time. <laughs> Sean yells that, and we can say that because we, I think, well, Connor had LASIK, but the rest of us were contact slash glasses. No, I, f- frankly, if anybody's getting bummed out about four eyes, get fucked for eyes. <laughs> <laughs> good lord but yeah i used to have glasses and then i paid eight grand and i no longer need glasses there we go. it was the best decision i've ever made god imagine waking up and being able to see i felt like fucking spider-man it was amazing <laughs> i was right. like oh my god i need to do it i mean nope. the navy pays for it so i keep meaning to see about how i got on the list to do it there you go make sure you get don't do it if you have to do the scrapey one because that apparently really hurts there's two versions of it. There's the laser and then there's the scrapey one. And that one is like a three week healing period and it's burning the whole time. 
With LASIK, you're done in like a day and you just got to take some like eye drop medication for a week and then you're fine. Okay. just scares me because I found Destination 5, but move on. Yeah. What are you saying? Uh, after you got the LASIK, uh, don't lie. Did you act out that scene in Spider-Man? Did you stand in front of your mirror with your glasses? At least three times, yes. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I do it. Honestly, I still have my old glasses. I do it from time to time just for kicks. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, but Liz, you know, she's done with this shit. She she wants, you know, adventure, excitement, change, anything that's not the fucking Winchester. And, uh, yeah, she breaks up with him uh, after he gives her flowers that say to a wonderful mom, and he painfully tries to back battle that. <laughs> it's so uh, great. <laughs> I will say, you know, it's funny, the amount of, like, on the dating sites, some women that are like, I want to go on adventures. I'm like, define adventures. I'm so sick of hearing that term. Adventure like, is anything honestly, different. It's it's but you know, well wait wait not eighty yeah. on that in the spectrum. I'm very annoyed hearing that all the time when they're like, "I just want to go on adventures." Okay, we'll define that. In this case, though, I completely understand this. I'm like, yeah, yeah, going on adventures. Do anything that isn't going the fucking Winchester for the night. I love when they're arguing, and he's like, you know what? Let's go out. And she's like, what? You go out with my friends, a failed actress, and a twat. And they David and I look at her and. And he's like, you know, that's harsh. It's like your words. I love that he's like, I did not call Diana failed actress, implying that he has called David a twat many times. Oh yeah, yeah. I love how no one likes David. Basically, no one. Like, why is he there? He's there because they can't afford the place without a third. Exactly. <laughs> and are him and I was always kind of kind of confused. Are him and Diana together? Diane together, or are they just supposed friends to be of Liz? Hmm? I think they're supposed to be together. Yeah. All right. I'll take it. I don't know why the hell she. But it's, she an, it's an odd relationship to say the least. Diane seems fun. I think she's in the same boat, but she won't say anything. Diane's probably a lot of fun. She seemed like she'd be a, a great person to hang out with. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, I'd probably throw David to the horde as well. <laughs> uh, Sean goes home, and Ed takes him out to get drunk. <laughs> and it's, I love this whole bit where, you know. If you leave me now, it comes on the jukebox, and he's just like, "Who the hell put this on?" Song <laughs> random. <laughs> it was our song. <laughs> Poor Sean, he looks so sad. <laughs> I love how it's like has a moment of like, "Oh no, I need to help my friend out right now." I love it, just John. Yes, please, mate. Like that's all he says. Like clearly, they have like some shorthand, and I love that. Well, because they're there every fucking day. Of course, <laughs> they have a relationship. I love the random moments that where you like you're reminded that Ed is clearly into like much older women. Yeah. Like when oh, he calls, yeah. you know, John's wife, you know, Bernie the trophy wife, and it's this like 70 year old lady. Yeah, yeah. And um, look, if you want like older women, that's fine. But like, come on. It's just funny. You know, the whole scene apparently was improvised by Ed, by um Nick Frost, apparently. That's when beautiful. You, uh, you can kind of tell, like they're they're definitely just. I've seen some outtakes when he says other stuff, and it's, it's great. Well, so you're talking <laughs> about the part when he's telling them like what they all do with their lives. Yeah, yeah, the stories of the of the people in the pub. Uh, that was if that's so. That's awesome. So that's a great moment. Yeah, snake hips. He's a bigamist, <laughs> surrounded by women. I love that. And then later when we see snake hips dead, the only zombies that are eating him are women. Yeah, surrounded by women. Yes, so clever this movie. Um. I love the, the old lady he calls a cockicidal maniac. 
<laughs> Cafe Ole Porfou. So fucked up. Loves it. <laughs> enough. Then John is North London Mafia. <laughs> I think he might have been right about that one. Yeah. And he I like is. How, yeah. I like how determined was that the gun was he's like, I had the gun doesn't work. I'm telling you that gun's loaded. Big Al says so. <laughs> I, every time I watch this movie, I immediately like look at at like my family's dogs to see if they actually can look up because I'm like, can they? At this moment of like, is that true? I don't know. I actually not. I need to pay attention to my dog. See if he ever looks up. They they can. I've seen it. They they can look up. Dogs can look up. They, they definitely can. Yeah. That's I funny. I think they like doing it a lot. Probably hurts their head somehow. Probably not. Um. So Ed lays out what they should do the next day. He says we should keep drinking. Have a I'm Bloody Mary first thing. Uh, what does he say? Bite at the king's head, couple with a little princess. We stagger back here and bang, we're back at the bar for shots. And so that's, the, that's the whole movie. <laughs> fucking great. It's clever as hell. Like, for those of you who haven't noticed this, let's lay it out. So Bloody Mary first thing. Outside their house, there's a zombie named Mary who obviously gets covered in blood. Uh, a bite the king's head. They go to Philip's house. He gets bit. A uh, couple with the little princess. They go to Liz's house and grab, you know, some people there. They stagger back to the bar, pretending to be zombies, and bang, they get the rifle out and they start shooting. Like, so clever. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Again, great, great screenwriting. Yeah. Wonderful. I love Ed and Sean coming out of the pub, like super drunk, singing that white line song, not noticing all the weird shit that's happening around them. <laughs> well, what I love is that at first when they see the couple, it does look like they're making out at first. You're like, oh, okay, whatever. There's, you know, got, you know, had a lot of strength. They're filling the air. Someone's getting lucky. In the moment they turn away, you see his head fall back. That was You're great. Like, oh, that, shit. that snapping noise. It's like, oh, shit. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I to say I love the and then they turn to the zombie groaning. Yeah, they're like they're like what a fucking idiot. He should be saying bass or freeze. Then they go home and have a DJ moment and piss the fuck out of Pete. I love that. He just goes. He just walks down, grabs the record, chucks it out the window. Yeah. <laughs> just taking up my remote. It's four in the fucking morning. I've seen it. There's I, there's a, on the Blu-ray. There's a outtake of this scene that they did for TV. It's called Funky Pete, where they replaced the word fuck with the word funk. <laughs> he just comes down and he's like, it's four in the funkin' morning. It's so weird. <laughs> I love how that was the longest longest time. Like, that's what they do. Nowadays, they just fucking do a weird um, blank. They just blank it out. Like, the, the sound just stops in the movie, and they just keep going on with the dialogue. But for the longest time, it was, what word can we come up with? Like, you know, I'm tired of these Monday to Tuesday snakes on this Monday to Tuesday, Monday to Friday plane. My favorite are the ones where they like they couldn't get the actual actor to say the the fake one. So they had to dub over with a voice that sounds nothing like the actor they've no. got. Like it'll you know, it'll be like, what the fuck? And he'll be like, what the heck? It'll be a completely different voice. <laughs> You're just like, what was that? <laughs> oh, I miss that. I wish we still did that. That was so stupid and watching those clips of just you know edited for tv editions of dialogue are the best yeah i i just i mean i ultimately wish we could just be like other countries and not censor the damn movies we put on tv like jesus christ well so, i mean fuck whatever 
Yeah. Once we stop censoring women's bodies, then we can tackle television. <laughs> yeah. No. Apparently, we 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 want to censor everything. <laughs> yeah. No um, more. So Pete just lays out Ed. Ed calls him a prick. Sean defends him, and Ed just. I mean, Pete just, you know, lays out Sean and tells him, like, you know, sort your fucking life out and reminds him, you know, lets him know that, yeah, he's going nowhere. And Ed is a massive ball and chain on his life. I love that. Sort your fucking life out, mate. As he's like right in his face. <laughs> you want to live like an animal? Go live in the shed, you thick fuck. What and she then- does. Yeah. <laughs> I love that by getting bit by a zombie, Ed's life does not change in the slightest. Yeah. No. <laughs> I do, I do like how technically they calm down. You know, they ask Pete about, you know, his bite hand and stuff. And again, where I say, like, I kind of fight with Pete at times, Pete is walking away, like, all right, I'm done. I've had my moments. Music's over. I'm going to go get whatever sleep I can get at this point. And then Ed just can't keep his mouth shut. Oh, yeah. And Phyllis didn't need to say something. At that point, I'm like, Ed, you're kind of the dick in that moment. Like, he was walking away, dude. It was over. You're being that guy that I despise in these situations. Just has to say something. I mean, Ed. You know, I mean, Pete pulls his hand back. He's gonna, he's, he's gonna knock Ed down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get it. <laughs> he's yeah. leaving, as far as he knows, he's leaving the front door open, the place to pigsty because of Ed. <laughs> uh, I do love that moment earlier when Sean comes home and he's like, "It's like, aren't you gonna thank me? Like for what? Tidying up? It's like it doesn't look that tidy." I had a few beers when I finished. <laughs> That's great. Uh, Sean is drunk. You know, he staggers into his like kitchen and writes down some like a plan for the next day. I love that. Like he made a plan. That's what Liz was always on him to do is make a plan. Yep. And uh, he gets a voicemail from his mom. I love the line, you know, does she want anything special for lunch? Because these days a lot of people don't eat meat. And that's when it transitions to the next day. That's so good. These days a lot of people don't eat meat. Boom, next day, zombie apocalypse. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I love that his plan is like go around mums, get Liz back, sort life out. (laughs) And he accomplishes all three of those on that day. He does. Yep. He does it work. First time he does, he could he checks all three off that box. <laughs> and of I love you know, you want anything from the shop? Corneo, <laughs> Corneo, there, there it starts. And now we get Sean's you know routine where everything else has been completely destroyed except for his routine. Mm-hmm. There's no kid with the with the soccer ball. There's a you know, Pete's car still there. The dude running, stuff's on fire. There's like cars are destroyed. He still trips on that fucking curb. Yeah. Guy runs home- past him. He doesn't even. But I love how the like the homeless guy comes up and he just, oh, I got no change today, man. The, the, he- I had to put all my change over at the counter at the shop. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> I didn't have enough. I didn't even have enough for the fucking shop, which blows my mind because that means he goes there so often that like Nelson wouldn't care. Yeah. I love he's like, I owe you about 15p as he's leaving with like a Diet Coke and a Cornetto. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it tells you that Nelson probably be like, oh, okay, whatever. Well, I love later when you see time. zombie Nelson, he's got his hand out, like, you owe me money. <laughs> yeah. Give me my 15p. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets back to the house and starts look watching the TV. And I love the way that he's turning the channel and it's spliced to make a coherent statement about what's going on with everything that turns. I, I thought that was really clever. 
Yeah, that's, I love how he just keeps going through it till finally he's like, "Wait a minute!" And <laughs> yeah, it's like eaten alive, and it's like that's not normal. <laughs> uh, and then Ed's at the window because there's a girl in the garden, and they go investigate. I, I love, love that. I love that part. Those girl in the garden. What? And you just see Ed. In the garden, there is a girl. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> she, you know, she looks drunk. She apparently like attacks Sean. Ed goes and gets a fucking camera. <laughs> I, I don't know why, but like the part when he knocks her onto that fucking on that pipe and they stab her. First off, the reaction when she hits the pipe is priceless. It's so their good. faces of like they're not like scared. They're more like oh. Yeah, but and it's true when it was in Tucker and Dove versus even with the wood chipper. There's something about when something horrific like that happens and a character responds with, Are you okay? That <laughs> kills me every time. I don't know why I find it hilarious because it's like, no, no, they're not. You just watch them get horrifically maimed. It's some kind it's like it's shock, you know, it's like that can't have been what I just saw. Like and- she stands up. You can see the hole in her stomach, and then you hear the, like the roll, like because uh, Ed is getting ready to take another picture, and John like smacks the camera out of his hand. Yeah. I do like how he takes the picture of them when they're fighting. It's like say cheese, and they both stop to look at the camera. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. They decide to go back inside, and they run into that giant fat zombie. And they go back inside. They leave the fucking door open. And they're like, what do we do? Uh, <laughs> when they're like, are they still out there? And Ed opens the window, looks at him for three seconds, turns around, is like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's so funny about that bit, but it makes me laugh every time. Because he had like, to go back to the fucking window. <laughs> he just stares at them. Well, it's like he, he checks, he looks at the girl, he looks at the guy, he closes the blinds, and he goes back to report. He's very <laughs> thorough. Well, see, it's like that visual of also seeing them just clawing at the window. <laughs> like, yeah, they're still there. Um, the TV tells them, you know, if you, <laughs> it's very important that you lock all doors and windows. And you can see That's the guy they walk look in. At each other. Yes. In the background, you can see the zombie walking in the front door. Yeah, <laughs> I love good. it. I love as it's saying that. And then they turn and they're fucking screaming. They're like, ah. <laughs> Sean oh, brings up his hand. Like, ah. <laughs> and then i like sean later after that i'm gonna go lock the front door <laughs> and you can hear it you can hear him like shut and lock the door yeah that's good ed fucks that thing up with an ashtray and it just is like, <sighs> like standing over it huffing. Yeah. um and the tv tells him you know the attackers can be defeated by removing the head or destroying the brain so uh, when I was watching this with my friend, she had never seen this movie before, which I, I've, I've spoken about. I'm sort of doing to her what you guys are doing to me because she's only seen like five movies. So now I'm I'm honestly living my first experiences through her again. Um, cool. But uh, as soon as the news reporter said that in the movie, he said, uh, you know, he says, like, removing the head or destroying the brain. She said. That has to be one of the weirdest things a news reporter has ever said. And as soon as she said that, I was like, fucking just wait, because at the end of the movie, he says that exact fucking thing. <laughs> That's cool, man. It's great. And apparently that guy's like a really, you know, he's a real BBC anchor was like 
they got him to do that for the movie. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's always like when you see like Larry King in a James Bond movie, it's always like, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it adds like a sense of like, oh, this is real. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, they go out to the backyard with a, box, a, a laundry basket full of random shit. They completely miss everything. <laughs> it always makes me feel, especially the laundry basket itself. Like that should have been an easy toss. Well, I love yeah. that not only the mess, but everything they grab, even if you strike with them with it, is completely useless. Like it's these guys pick the worst items. Isn't there a pillow in there? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, it's it's a head. There's a whole skull and brain you gotta get to. <laughs> uh I love when they talk they start tossing records and oh, they just that. go into into Sean's collection and Ed just starts throwing shit. And he's like, wait, wait, hold on. What was that? <laughs> That was its original pressing. There was only like two of those made. Yeah. <laughs> like, how about this? Yeah. Oh, fuck. No. Nope. The Batman soundtrack? Yeah, throw it. Which, by the way, fuck you. No. <laughs> I love that they went through his Prince collection and they got the Batman. And he's like, yeah, toss it. <laughs> how fucking dare you? I got the, that was a gift from Liz. You guys broke up. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I oh, fuck this. I'm going to the shed. I said it was locked. <laughs> He just hurls himself through the door. And then they just they beat the shit out of the guys with a cricket bat and a shovel. So another thing I noticed and I liked about this movie is obviously guns aren't very prevalent in England as they are here. Because yeah. when I used to watch this movie, I was always like, just fucking like get a gun, which is wild thinking because like they obviously like they're not as prevalent as they are here. So of course they're gonna use a shovel and a in a cricket bat. Yeah, unless you're like hunting quail in the countryside, like you don't have a gun. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I do like or the North uh, London Mafia, like John. You know who does have a lot of guns? Farmers and their mothers. <laughs> Everybody and their mums is packing around here. <laughs> <laughs> like who? Farmers and who else? Their moms. <laughs> and then later, what do we see? He attacks a farmer, and the farmer's mom's got a gun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's hot fuzz, by the way, for anyone listening who doesn't know what the fuck this is. Uh, oh, the Brits, they have as much gun issues as we do. Um, because of it. Uh, I love when uh, they... Do, yeah, go ahead. I do like the hard cut after you see them bashing and all the blood on them. I love the hard cut to them just sitting on the couch. Covered in blood. Sean is clearly traumatized and Ed's just eating his ice cream. <laughs> see, I, see, Sean's like holding with dear life his cup of coffee. And that tells him you got red on you. (laughs) Which you could argue is like regaining that sense of like routine. Because I know me, I am like, it's routine. I have a cup of coffee in the morning. So like, I get it. That'd be my go-to is like, uh, I'm going to get coffee. That's normal. That's, that's, that, that's routine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Then they hear the bit about, you know, if you know somebody has been bitten, it's important to isolate immediately. And they're like, oh shit, Pete. Yeah. (laughs) And I love they're trying to get him down and. It's just like, oh, a brick. <laughs> I... <laughs> oh, he's not up there. <laughs> I know it's, I know it's cutting a little head, but I do like when, uh, how this again, how Edgar Wright writes his dialogue and how these scenes and Simon Peck. I don't want to take anything away from us. He co-wrote, um, but as they're like, we'll get to when they come up with the plan, and then they keep coming up with the plan. And it's the news anchor cuts them going, whatever you do, don't try to help your family. Don't go for it. Just stay home. 
and wait for help. I'm like, <laughs> I love how they do that. Like it keeps matching, but everything that is about yeah. to play out. You know, I always love the one where it's like, you know, the man said to stay indoors. And Ed's like, fuck the man. Fuck the man. Do you believe everything you see on telly? <laughs> yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. Which in Hot Fuzz again, um, Nick Frost's character, he says, he said, what is that? He says, yeah, Roy or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Roy. I do. <laughs> oh, I should. That's great. That game he's playing in the pub is in all three movies, too. Is it really? Yeah, the arc, the like arcade game that Ed plays. It's in Hot Fuzz. It's in the oh uh, yeah, it is yeah 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 yeah, yeah. The pub. And then in the World's End, it's in one of the pubs briefly. You can hear the the noises from it as he passes. That's it. right. Yeah yeah. <laughs> so neat. Uh, so they go up to yeah they come up with the plan to take Pete's car, go to Mum's, kill Philip. <laughs> the plan is so I love this scene so much. <laughs> Save Liz. They go to the Winchester, have a nice cold pint, and wait for all of this to blow over. Well, I, I like how the first plan was they're going to stay at Liz's and wait for this all to blow over. And, and it's like, I don't want to stay at Liz's. I want to smoke and play. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it's the worst. Uh, I was like, Which, you know, to, to be completely fair, if David hadn't broken the window, the Winchester probably would have been safe. I, feel I don't like. know because they do end up coming in the back. They do end up the, the zombies like break but that door at the same time. True. They come in the back because of David fucking up the plan for Sean could lead them to the back discreetly. That is true. Yeah, I think. Yeah, they might have. They might have all made it. Yeah, because Murray had a chase him. So I love that when he's turning the lights on, and he just sees the zombies. He goes, "Oh, he just like, <laughs> he just oh, closes the blind." Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. That's a wonderful um, naked Pete upstairs. Love that. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, Pete. <laughs> well, I love how the, the door. It kind of, I, I kind of got the feeling that it kind of hurt Sean just a little bit because he was still kind of like he was like, hey, you know, if you want to come meet us at the pub later, yeah, you know. I don't know. I always got the feeling he cared a little bit. I always got the vibe that he he and Pete like he always hated the way Pete treated ed and that always hurt him so i think you know at the end when he finally has that moment of like you know i said leave him alone and blows pete's brains out yeah like that was cathartic for sean oh yeah yeah <laughs> great moment um so they take pete's car uh, well first they're like why don't we come back here and they're like well we can't come back here it's not exactly safe i love ed's like look at the state of it like he didn't do that <laughs> yeah you could argue, based off the fact that they returned to it at the end of the movie, you probably could have stayed there. Yeah, I, honestly, Liz's is probably the best place. It was elevated. It was, had I fucking know. Like, yes. That's where they should have stayed. <laughs> yeah, Liz's would have been the most ideal place to stay. Yeah, but I guess not. Something I, also, something I also caught on um, with the recent three uh watches of this movie um they i realized that uh, that he's called some zombies he's like are there any zombies out there and he's like, i don't call them that which means that in this universe zombies already existed so like like they they know the rules they know what to do i love that that's such a weird rule in pop culture like when it's a zombie movie like you either don't say zombie at all or you go super ham with it and just constantly say zombie <laughs> The, my my fa- all time favorite zombie meat like uh, entertainment is uh, Dying Light. 
because in that game, zombies existed and you refer to them as zombies, but they don't ham it up. It's just like a thing like, oh, yeah, zombies existed, but now they're real. So we got to deal with it. But that, that that's because in that game, so I've played the first one. I have the second one. I haven't played it yet, but it's in my collection to play. Um, but yeah, I mean, that that's just because like the storyline was like they're in that quarantine. The city like it had a zombie outbreak and they quarantined the city yeah. and it was based off this potential drug that was being experimented with. So it's like, yeah, for them, yeah, it's normal because it's just contained to the city. The rest of the world's not worrying about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So literally, like in the game, like that was the thing. Like they built up walls and the only way into the city is to get air dropped into it. There's no other way in and out. And even then, you're not supposed to do that. It's like a special mission thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I Dying Light is uh for those of you who are looking for a fun zombie game, Dying Light is so much fun. I cannot speak to Dying Light 2 yet. I've not played it, but I've heard it's pretty it's good. It's pretty good. Um, I don't know why it's getting so much hate. It's not as like scary as the first one, but I got hate because I got hate because it had some bugs. It came out released with bugs, but they patched it up since then. Um, But uh, the other end of that, with them sustaining zombie, the other end that I think and the worst is The Walking Dead. That's come back because they're adamant to not say zombies because they live in a world where like Romero's films never happen. Yep. that fucking universe that's the thing right because romero was the big one about like i don't use the word zombies in my movies he never once used in any of his of the dead films he ever did um so i guess for some reason people thought like well that's the standard if romero's not going to do it then we're not going to do your own thing romero that was his thing and i get it um even in his living dead book i read he did not refer to them as zombies or obviously it got finished post Humans, but still. Yeah, no um, but uh, Walking Dead has made a point almost every season to come up with a new fucking word for the yep. things, and it's just ridiculous when you're 11 seasons into a show. And I'm like, just fucking say zombie at this point. Holy shit! Walker, <laughs> biter, grabber, the dead. I think they call them stragglers at, at one point. Some group called them some dumb shit like that. I'm like, oh, okay. land striders. Yeah, the people that he kills in the pub in season two. Yeah. You know what's so weird, though? Geek. Weirdest part is Geek. the fucking graphic novel calls them zombies. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> like, so unnecessary. Yeah. Oh. I do love how this movie's like, Sean's like, don't say that. Like, it's ridiculous. Don't yeah. say well, zombie, well, the Z word. Don't say yeah. that. Yeah. What because honestly, like, oh god, because yeah, realizing that, like, I, I think the scariest thing in the world would be a zombie outbreak. That would be terrifying. And I, honestly, I wouldn't. It's like, please don't say that. Don't. This isn't happening. The second it's a zombie, it's suddenly zombies are real, and that's fucking ridiculous. So don't don't bring that in. Like, I get please it. God, no. If you, <laughs> actually, if you want not the movie, but if you want to read a really cool potential. Like take on zombies, and they do use the word zombies. World War Z, the book. Oh yeah, the movie. Yeah, the book. It's pretty good. I've read the book. The book is fucking fantastic. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I wanted to read that. Uh, <laughs> funny. Um, they go outside, and Ed immediately fucks up the situation by making the uh, the uh, alarm go off. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't know how to drive. I've always wanted to drive Pete's car. Why not get another chance? You won't. <laughs> I like how uh, his catchphrase "cock it" comes comes back again later in, in the, at the end of the movie. Yeah, to help them figure out what to do with the rifle. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> cock it. yeah. I've never heard that outside this movie. I, that and no. also, how's that for a slice of fried gold? That's oh, not a expression. That means nothing. They made they they came up with that. 
It's <laughs> wonderful. Uh, going to so driving Pete's car. I love when they just run over somebody, and Ed's like, "Who cares? He's either dead or he's dead." Like, let's go. Yeah, he's like, "Yeah, that's the point." He's like, "I have to know if he if he was a zombie or not." I, I like how they just you see the car back up and the window come down. And Sean, hello. Yeah. Excuse me. Excuse me. I love when these like you see he is a zombie, and Sean's like, "Oh, thank God for that." And they drive <laughs> off like it's so good. <laughs> um, they make it to uh, Mums, and <laughs> Ed's like, "I got to drive that Jaguar." Like that's all he's thinking about. Like during all of this shit, he keeps making the absolute yeah. worst decisions. Oh, yeah. I love. Like, Maybe I should stay out here. You know, <laughs> keep driving around, and if there's any problems, three honks. You know, look after the car. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then Sean, what? And he just fucking trips. Yeah. Don't forget to kill Philip. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy I also, but I love this kind of insight into the you know Sean's you know rough relationship with his stepdad now they've mm-hmm. never seen eye to eye because not you know neither of them are they're both too proud to make a move of you know towards peace so they've just kind of you know simmered for 17 years and uh, clearly this is you know hurt Barbara for a long time she wants her family whole and she never gets that I'm sorry, Philip. Sorry for what, Sean? It's like, what have you done now? Yeah. <laughs> so what's behind your back? Flowers, I hope. <laughs> like, nope, it's just a cricket bed. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's like, he's trying to convince Barbara to leave him. He's like, what if I told you on more than one occasion, he touched me? <laughs> yeah, the face he makes when he says that to her. <laughs> Because like, he hey, no, shouldn't, shouldn't have done that. that. Sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh <my> God. <laughs> I like how um he's like um he's like no you didn't call a doctor did you I ran it under a cold tap. <laughs> a lot of overblown nonsense. Yep. And then he gets bit on the neck outside. Love that. Yeah. Good stuff. I right, like off- when we get outside. Mm-hmm. After this, when they get outside. And Ed, yeah, so the car uh, it wrecked. What? What? <laughs> you were parked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you just see it yes. slammed into the fucking pole. Apparently, during the scene where they're in, where Sean's in the house, you can hear the car hit the pole. Really? Like, I've, it's very faint, but you can hear like a noise outside, and that's Ed ramming Pete's car into the pole. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So they all cram into the Jag. There's still the child locks on. I love that. And uh, Philip got bit, so he's bleeding out. And he's constantly angry about Ed's uh, the volume of Ed's music. I love that. Yeah, it was really loud. Even I was like, "Come on, Ed, turn it down, man." Yeah, it was really fucking loud. That was ridiculous. I was like, "Not that." Look, I've, I've, you know, to and from work. I have listened to my music loud, but that's to and from work. I'm not. Not when there's a zombie apocalypse happening, and you know, there's lives at stake. Maybe we. Don't put in the the metal tape. <laughs> yeah, well, Maine's now not the time. Um, I do like kind of we talk. I know we talked about it already, but like they, they take this moment before like um before Philip gets it for him and Sean to finally just talk and have that moment where Philip's like, "Look, I know it was really tough. I didn't know what to do. You were a teenager when I came in, and kind of have the moment of like I, you know, I fucked up. I wasn't the best stepdad, but I you know I, I wanted to try." Dude, every time he says like you know. You needed motivation. And he says, says like, in his voice cracks. I thought it could be me. 
every time my heart skips a beat and I'm like, Jesus, yeah. this got real. And then he yeah. says, he said, he, he's like, he's like, I've always loved you, Sean. And I was like, oh, no, stop it. Yep. And I love how like Sean, he starts crying. Pull over it. Yeah. He acknowledges oh. like, you know, he, it's, you know, what he said, he was my dad, but he's not anymore. It's like, oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I love that conversation from Barbara Howard. Again, how Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg just are able to jump uh, tones so excellently. Yeah, the, so the last... yeah, when she's having that talk and he's like, she's like, oh, Sean. No, no, I mean, he's, you know, he was my dad, but he's not anymore. What are you talking about, Sean? He's he's dead, mom. No, he's not. He's alive. Yes. And you see him yeah. staring at him. And you're like, oh, shit. Get out of the car. Dude, drama, horror, and comedy all within the span of like three minutes done yes. so well in that one scene. Like that is brilliant, man. <laughs> this movie is a fucking like you know, you always like hear like reviews like, oh, this movie was a roller coaster. This movie really is a roller coaster. Like genuinely. There's a little bit of everything in this movie. It is beautiful. Uh <laughs> the, like when they get out of the car and Instead of just dragging Philip out of the car, they abandon their only vehicle and weapons. That's yeah, what I did. that's what my friend said too. She was like, just drag him out of the car and get back in the car. Yeah. I do, I do like when um <laughs> Sean's talking to his mom again. And he's like, No, mom, it's it yes, it's Philip, but it's not him as you remember. And as soon as he says that, he turns the music off. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing looks. left of your husband in there. Nothing. <laughs> I like that sigh of relief that zombie Philip does. Like, ah, (laughs) I just like the cute little change he has where he's like, he's like, mom, that's not my, that's not my dad in there. And she's like, oh, Sean, come on. And he's like, no, no, he was, but he is not anymore. I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah. God damn it. (laughs) Come on. That was touching. So now they have to go the long way and they go through some neighborhoods and, I love when they encounter Yvonne and her like line of people who are identical to his line of people. This, this was my first time watching this film and realizing that is Marn fucking Freeman in there. Yeah, I actually yeah. I paused. I went, wait a minute. I googled and I went, holy shit, it's Marn Freeman. I never yeah. noticed. Yeah, no. her cousin, like the the Ed lookalike at the end of the train, is uh, Matt Lucas too. I don't know if you know who he is. Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Yes, yes. Yeah. What else? Uh, he did a perfect. sitcom uh, called Little Britain on BBC that was really funny. Um, it was Nardole and Doctor Who. I'm trying to think of stuff you've seen, Caleb. I was like, the name sounds familiar. You're, you're, you're achieving nothing for me right now. All right, I'm Googling him. I'm going, or I'm going to IMDb. Matt Lucas for you. Uh, uh, you played Alistair Crowley on Legends of Tomorrow. Oh, hey, okay, yeah, there you go. Okay, <laughs> I like it. That didn't get a fucking ending because, god damn it. Oh, go on, that's a shame, but yeah. um, yeah, I love that. I love that Yvonne is like these more successful focused Sean, like, yeah. whenever they meet, I love it. You know, how you doing, surviving. Like life's not great, but I'm making it. Yeah. Well, First, I love how like everyone is reflective of the other members of the group. It's so great. <laughs> I don't know if sure. my girlfriend Liz and then fucking David that twat. Nope, they separated actually. Mm. I'm like, oh shut the fuck up, David. Where are you going? 
Winchester. The pub? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love when they're walking through and like John's like, everybody okay? And Ed's in the back, like, yeah, we're having a whale of a time. <laughs> Such an asshole sometimes. I love when they're all saying hi to each other on both versions of Ed, just hey, as they're looking at like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like an incoherent grunt, just like uh. <laughs> um they find snake hips dead and being eaten. They're like, yep, we're close. <laughs> um, I, I love um, when, as we're going through the backyards, and they're like, all right, it's just right over there. Let me just see how it looks. Kids, yeah. Like, that oh, fucking that kid's scene. slide. That's the thing goes. I think it goes right back down. Like, well, it's, it, it's surrounded. It doesn't look good. Yeah. I love the look on his face. He got his, he's like, yeah. he's terrified. Like, well, is it clear? And he's like, no, no. <laughs> um, I love when they have to fight that one zombie in his pajamas who bites Barbara. Yep. And uh, <laughs> Diane counts. It's like, yep, one, two, three, four, five. He's like, there's six of us. <laughs> like that, that one line always made me laugh. Uh, wait, uh, someone's yeah. missing. And Liz and Diane help take down the zombie, and David and Ed are just standing there. I love that. Kind of your style. Yeah, I love that. You guys could have helped. I don't want to on your style. Feel free to step in anytime. <laughs> I like when they're learning how to fucking moan like a zombie so they can make it to the pub. Yeah. I love what she's like, Barbara, that's great. Oh, sorry, I was miles away. Yeah. <laughs> Ed's like, I'll do it on the night. And he's do like, it it is the night. Night. <laughs> Who died and made you fucking king of the zombies? Yeah. God damn. Uh, it's a good idea, though, you know, stagger your way through the zombie horde. But I guess these uh, these zombies operate on sight because most of the time it's like a scent thing and they got to cover themselves. Yeah, with yeah mostly walking dead. I hate how, but it's still going. Um, they, uh, yeah, they, they did that thing where you have to cover yourself in guts to um, make it through. Yeah. Good advice. Of course, in the hell of this world, you can just kind of look like you're acting like a zombie and they'll just leave you alone. <laughs> yeah, which is actually this whole like everything about this was like one, it's like one of my favorite set pieces comedy wise when they're getting through the horde, then it takes the fucking phone call. Oh my god, dude. two seconds. <laughs> His fucking deal is like, yeah, I don't have anything. <laughs> oh no, we're just trying to get into the pub. <laughs> Weird, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I always love Barbara. Like when they're in the horde, Barbara's just like, like who? Like cooing, yeah. <laughs> I, love, I love Sean's look when Ed takes that phone call and he just hits the fucking phone out of his hand. Yeah. And then David, you know, has no patience, breaks a window. They all go in. Sean goes to lure the zombies away, and then they all just sit there with David trying to take control, and no one's go. No one is yeah. on board. Wow. I love the whole thing as we're fighting, and Sean, Sean what? And they look, and all the zombies are just staring at them. <laughs> just... Oh, boy. Um, yeah, it's great. I love when David's like, you know, there's this big bloody hole in the window, and it's like, you did that, you twat. <laughs> yeah. The delivery of that line always kills me. Yeah. You know, David even has that look of like, oh, well, I mean, someone had to do something. Yeah, like, oh, God. You fuck. I love how like he's so adamant about doing something. Everyone's like, let's just wait for Sean. All right, he got us in here. Yeah. 
it is. I'm glad it's Liz who stands up for Sean, but I always want, I always kind of wished it was his mom who said something to David, like, you know, you twat, something like that. <laughs> Just out of character for a second. But I thought it would have been great. Yeah. I feel like Sean's mom being here is on, she's only there for character development for Sean. True. I feel. Like True. that's the only reason. That's the only thing that she's there for. Yeah, I do. I do. I post. I do like as David's like throwing shit at them. I love the shot of like he throws it in Sean's hand, just busts yeah. into the, the, the shot. The lumps. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you're the one that almost got us caught. When you were having a tiff for your boyfriend, he's not my boyfriend. And then Ed, yeah, yes, it's a little warm. The the tap wasn't working, babe. Thanks, babe. Thanks, babe. I love. <laughs> um, I can't. I think it's. I mean, I think it's gross that the Brits call pork rinds hog lumps. No, Look. that's that's the brand. Oh, I thought that was just something they called. No, you know, that's the brand because I looked it up because I wanted to know if it was pork rinds, so I looked up hog lumps. And it's a it was a brand made for the movie, yeah. Well, okay, thank I'm God. Not, that's like that's still I still wouldn't need that. So I say I hope I'm not like ruffling any feathers here, but like pork rinds are fucking gross as is. Yeah, they are. Okay, good. So like pork rinds are disgusting as is, like calling them hogs, humps, lumps, whatever the fuck it was. It's, it's not helping the an already disgusting yeah. snack. I judge anyone who eats pork rinds. That's right. I do I don't judge on a lot of things. But I my do parents, judge if you like pork rinds as a fucking snack. My parents lived in disgusting. Charleston. <laughs> Sorry, go on. No. So my parents lived in Charleston, South Carolina for a while. And there was like this festival that goes on there. And this dude, he made um they're not pork rinds. They're 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 like pork rinds, but they contain the skin also. I forget what they're called. I don't know, but it's basically it's basically pork rinds but this dude makes them like there and i will say they fucking slapped like they were pretty fucking good especially if you put them on other things like uh, like grits or chili it's so fucking good but no i will never eat pork rinds just straight out of the bag that's disgusting i i like pork rinds <laughs> oh no you son of a bitch chicharrones that's good stuff chicharrones yeah <laughs> Son of a bitch. I'm sorry. I, I, I know I'm losing some respect today, but I enjoy yes, you I, are. I do enjoy I, some some I stand by my my comments. I am judging now. God damn it. You there will not be pork rinds when you come to visit in this. I house. might go, I might go get some. I'll fucking Ooh. throw them out my goddamn window. <laughs> I yeah, sorry. I like them. Not flavored. I like plain. Not like a chili oh, lime guy, but oh regular. God, you don't even like flavor plain? on them? No. Not really. Dude. I like salt. Hey. Like salt. What? what is... First, you like something gross, and you're like, let's not put any flavor on it at all. <laughs> so I, got, I, got, it better. I got no way to defend myself here. I just like, I like pork rinds. Do you like salt and vinegar chips? I hate salt and vinegar chips. What about you, Caleb? I, fuck, I hate salt and vinegar chips. I'm a I, counter, like I fucking hate them. I ordered those by accident the other day. And I was so pissed. I, I will got, continue to eat them. I got the wrong chips. So I was like, God damn. It. Look, look, okay, look, straight up. I, I, and this is, I know we're supposed to be all like all healthy and shit. I don't give a fuck. I'm living one life. 
I'm not eating fucking salt and vinegar chips in that life. I'm eating goddamn sour cream and onion, Doritos. I don't care how bad it is for me. Fuck off. I'm going to die and not be able to enjoy this stuff at some point in my lifetime. In the, in the, immortal, in the immortal words of comedian Dan Cummins, I want to eat milkshakes and steak, and then I want to get the fuck off this planet. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah, like... I, I and I understand. I know some people have to be healthy for legit health reasons. They're told by their doctors. I get that, but I'm just saying, like, and I have no actual issues against if you want to eat healthy. But for me, man, like, I, I, I want some of the, the stuff that's not good for you because it tastes good. And one day I won't get to enjoy it. Exactly. What I want to do is sit and eat peanuts in the dark. No, you like, want to eat. Hey, Josh. I love how that's what David says. He's like, he's like, well, what is his fucking plan? We're gonna sit around eating peanuts and drinking in the dark. And then when he gets there, she's like, right, so what's the plan then? And he's like, mm. and then, yeah, does anyone, would anyone like a peanut? <laughs> I love it. I get, dude, Simon Pegg's facial expressions are the best. The way he's looking around, like, would anyone like a peanut? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wonderful scene. Um, then the lights go back on and they decide to go you know, switch the breakers so they can watch TV. Sean goes in the back and finds out the zombies followed him back. And they're trying to get in the back of the Winchester. After, by the way, she's asked, "How do you lose them?" Oh, you know, I give him the slip. I give him the slip. <laughs> yeah. So then, when he when he realizes that they followed him, and he goes back out to the main people, and she's like, "Oh, I thought you said you gave him the slip." The way he says, "Yeah," he's like, "He's like, yeah." That's the same way that he says, "Yeah," when she says, "I thought you already booked the restaurant." He's like, "Yeah." So I always thought that maybe he just like gave up. While trying to lose the zombies, I thought like that was him admitting, like, yeah, I didn't really. I'm sorry, I lied. Maybe. I mean, that is I you tried, know, and then I just came back and they saw me. That's what he does. And they have to be quiet, but then Ed decides to play that fucking video game and just fucks it all up. Yeah, because he asks Liz, he's like, he's like, Hey, can I borrow a quarter? What's well, not a quarter? I don't remember what he says. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, Whatever British pounds are, I'm not. Yeah. You got it. Do you have a quid? Oh, do you have a quid? Yeah. And she's like, okay. yeah, sure. Fancy pants, fucking pork rinds over here. <laughs> oh, God. It's a pound. A quid is a, is a British, is a pound coin. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Colin. <laughs> we're saying. Continue. <laughs> oh, I just, I, that's it. I don't know. I don't <laughs> it was good. But yeah, she, uh, they all start coming through the window. They, John, show, zombie John shows up. Queen starts playing. All hell breaks loose. And he's like, I, he's like, who the fuck put this on? It's on random. <laughs> I do like how in tune they are with everything that's happening in the song too. Like they're they're in tune with the beat as they're like beating him. I do. It, it hurts my head, but it makes me laugh when she throws that dart and hits him in the fucking head. And I, I love Sean's reaction. He's like, oh, what the. F- <laughs> I love when Ed throws him the gun and he just slaps John into the jukebox and it's like, why did you shoot him? I told <laughs> you the last not. time. Yeah. I was watching an interview and apparently, like, um, they asked Simon Pegg and I right? They were like, So why did you choose um Don't Stop Me? And their their response was because we thought it would be fucking hilarious to beat an old man to death to the tune of Don't Stop Me Now. <laughs> and apparently they were all wearing earpieces during that scene so they could be in tune to the beat of the song while filming that's brilliant oh, that explains it. Yeah. 
So I was saying when they were hitting it with the sticks, they were very much. I know so I was like they're in tune with the song. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Um, and the you know the obviously the gun works <laughs> when he's exp- Sean's explaining it to the guys like we only have twenty nine bullets and Ed's like whoa, whoa call them shells. <laughs> <laughs> I like when uh, he pulls the fucking dart out of his head. You get yeah, the blood spurt. Like, Jesus. It was in there deep. He's yeah. like, fine. But dogs can look up. <laughs> oh, um, so while they start preparing to take down the, the, uh, the horde as best they can, Barbara has to go sit down. And I love when she, you know, she gives her necklace to Liz and Liz tries to tell her, like, we broke up, but she can't do it. Yeah. Oh, dude. And then the bite looks horrible. Just like a chunk out of her arm. Yeah. Ugh, yeah like one paper cool. towel is not going to cover that. Yeah. And again, this is a movie like I, I to the movie's credit, you know, they take a they take a quick backseat of the comedy. They still inject humor throughout this, but they like amp up the, the, the traumatic half quite yes. a bit. And it works really well. Oh, yeah. When they all, you know, when David ends up with the gun and he sees what's happening and he you know, she dies and he's like, we got to deal with her. Like, you kind of get where he's coming from, but this is not about survival. Like, this is about getting one up on Sean. Yeah, and exactly. everyone's like, this is fucked. Don't do it like this. And yep. I love when he when Sean breaks the bottle and points it at David's neck. He's like, don't point that gun at my mom. And then Ed does the same <laughs> thing. Don't point that gun at Barbara. <laughs> and then Diana's like, this isn't exactly fair. And then he gives her the bottle and then grabs a corkscrew. Yeah. Ed's a ride to, die friend. From the moment they enter the Winchester, the movie goes from a comedy with dramatic elements to a drama with comedic elements. That's like, good. Yeah, like right away. I like that. And then overarching, you've got just the horror movie they're all trapped in. Because oh. I, like, I, this is why it's such a good movie, because like, at, like nighttime, oh, shit always goes down at nighttime. Lights are off. At this point, everyone in the area is now a zombie. They all know where they are. They are all fucked. This is terrifying, horrible situation to be in. And it's it's not it's no one's fault. I mean, it is 100 percent David's fault. Um, but, you know, it's 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 no one's fault. Like this shit just happens, which is why I like to think, like I said it earlier, like zombies are a metaphor for life. Sean says, give us a fucking break. They're not going to give you a break because they're zombies. They're mindless. They're going to keep moving. Yeah. Zombies are us. You know, it's it's yeah. humanity's darkest reflection, really. Mm-hmm. And yeah, obviously, you know, we could we'll always go back to Romero, but he's you know, he's the guy who pretty much established these guidelines. And uh, I and, like yeah, good. and evolve them because, I mean, it's funny because we talk about like and we're kind of bringing it up with how a lot of these songs like, you know, Philip turns the music off and, you know, uh, Neil, whatever the shopkeeper comes in wanting his money they still are retaining some form of humanity. And that is something that, especially in day onward, Romero really hit on. He did hit on it in um, Dawn of the Dead with them coming back to the mall, um, but really hammered it home from day forward and with land of like, eventually the zombies in his world would evolve and start retaining their human cognitive functions again. Um, in the book, The Living Dead, um, it you know because that that one kind of re back went all the way back to the beginning and then you know through years into the apocalypse so it starts at like like essentially patient zero all the way to like years into it. And one of the things he put in there that they were putting in there was that like there's a part I can't I think I mentioned it once 
but they're going into what they call Z-Town, like zombie. It's infected with zombies. It's right next to their settlement. But they've now at this point retained enough of their human um, cognitive functions deep down in there that, yeah, they're not attacking them. As long as these humans come in and do with their thing, but they don't mess with the zombies, they leave the humans alone. They don't go after them. It's part of the book, isn't it? Isn't part of the book from the viewpoint of a zombie? And he's like, I don't know what I am. All I know is that there's there's us and then there's them. Yeah, there's points of the book eventually where he switches it to a zombie perspective at various points from like the very first time they are getting infected and it's just they just need blood and they just need brains and they're hungry and we got we got to keep going to yeah they are starting to be like it's us and it's them and i recognize this zombie who we know in the book as someone that they were with in some capacity and they start recognizing something clicks for them but they go like i recognize this person in some way which is the coolest thing to think like zombies will evolve to a point to where like humans can enter the vicinity of zombies and zombies will be like, I will like the zombie will be like, I will leave you alone. Just do not get close. Yeah. Do what you got to do and get out. Yeah. And the big thing is that there's a specific, it's like the oldest zombie in town and there's their name for it. And they have to respect her. I feel like a female. They have to respect her. If they don't, then yes, those zombies are coming down and going to fuck them up. So it's like a respect thing. Like don't fuck with her. Do what you need to in our town. Get the supplies you need for your settlement. But you do not fuck with you. Not kill any of us. We'll leave you alone. Do they still need to eat humans at this point? At various times, it's implied that not only do they eat humans, but they also eat um, animals. So that they are um, finding ways to do it. And as the years go on, that the need for brains starts to slightly lessen. That's such a weird thought to think that we can live with the undead to this extent. Yeah, it's it's crazy stuff. It may, I mean, I'm glad we got the book. And I'm definitely curious on how Ramon would have explored that film wise, but and it, you know, saddens me that we lost them before we could see that explored cinematically. But we have this book, and yeah, if you're if you're a Mervan and want to see that evolution, definitely check out The Living Dead. Um, Daniel Strauss is the one that worked very closely with his wife, um, Romero's wife, in the estate on making sure that it was very much authentically a Romero book all the way through since you know he unfortunately died before they get it finished but he worked with her closely to make sure everything was authentic to what he would put in this book i remember you telling me about that and that that sounds very exciting i definitely would like to check this out um yeah we don't get a lot of long-term investment in zombie movies like you know walking dead and romero's films are kind of like the exception where we get to see like the progression of this new world and at least Romero like went somewhere else with it. The walking dead is pretty much just like, and they, they made such a big deal about like zombies in the snow. I was like, I don't give a shit. I've seen dead snow. Fuck off. Um, in the snow. Like, what? And like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, look, man, I've watched dead. So dead snow. So I've seen Nazi zombies in the snow. Like you're not, you're not beating that anytime soon. Um, <laughs> that's a great film by the way. Um, yeah. But yeah, like, and that's why I say, like, I respect that, like, again, we, you know, this Sean did, I would say I've also, especially the time it came out, obviously, very into Romero. So I like that they added that touch. You kind of got in Day of the Dead time. Again, we were kind of a year out at that point from Land. I know Land did some pretty cool things with what zombies could do as far as how they evolved and stuff. But like I said, with seeing those little things, like Pete hunting them down because he's so pissed off at them, you know, Philip turning the fucking music off. 
uh, the shopkeeper coming in, holding his hands out, like showing us that in this world, they still have some kind of human functionality to them. They remember something from their past life. So much so that they keep them employed at the end of the movie and like menial tasks, like putting carts away. Did you hear that they were, they were thinking about doing a sequel to this movie, but with vampires? Yeah. From dust till Sean. I heard about that. I would actually be down with that. I would, I would be so fucking like, usually whenever I see a movie, I'm like, I don't want a fucking sequel, but I feel like this movie has just the right amount of camp to warrant a sequel where the sequel could lean into that camp to where it will, it wouldn't be a shitty sequel. I heard I they know, wanted it to, to be in like the Scottish Highlands. And I say, go up there where we meet Ed's Scottish twin brother, Ned. Yes, dude. Yes. Or may, may, maybe Ed could still be a zombie and he's like, Oh, Frankenstein, like Sean's bitch or something. Like he carries everything. He's, he's, um, he's Sean Samwise Gamgee. I mean, Samwise Gamgee is the MVP. He's not a bitch, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I would. I just, I don't want them to do it without Nick Frost and his character is dead. Oh. So I'm like, I want, it, it'll, it'll probably never happen, but yeah, it's yeah. nice to imagine. Just the title alone was like perfect. Yeah. yeah I'm just still, still they could, I don't know. They could do a sequel to where like, uh, I don't know, the zombies that are all employed could like, be like no fuck this we're zombies <laughs> yeah i would i would want that that'd be fun um but here it's like just emotional as fuck because david wants to kill wants to shoot the zombie but everyone's like we yeah. get it but this is a horrible way to go about it uh, when he says like she's just gonna be another zombie and it's like we're not using the sad word <laughs> it's very emotional about that don't you say that about my mom don't you say that about barbara yeah and then Ultimately, you know, she comes back as a zombie, still doing that coup noise. I thought that was funny. And uh, Sean yeah. shoots his mom in the face because it was the only thing to do. And then punches David, and David tries to shoot him. It's like Jesus Christ. Props to Liz when she's pep talking Sean. She's like, "Look, babe, I know you don't want to hear this, but your mom's gonna turn into a zombie." I love when she's like, I can see what David is trying to say, even if he is being a twat. <laughs> yeah. I think that makes like everybody, almost everybody in the room calls him a twat at one point. Yeah. Well, I like how she finally calms everyone out. She's like, can we all just calm the fuck down? And was like, oh. Well, I love when David tries to be like, starts to talk about his, like confess his feelings. And she's like, are you kidding me? Like <laughs> right now, like we got much worse things to worry about. Yeah. Like, Jesus, man. Um, and then he tries to leave, and they're all like, we're not going with you. And Diane talks him down, and as he's about to apologize, he gets grabbed by Whoa. the whore. Well, I love how she's like, get away from the door. <laughs> yeah, dude, not, yeah, not only does he try to leave, he tries to leave through the front door. Yeah, there's you can see the horde getting trying to get through, and he's like, he's just going to walk out? What, what the fuck was his plan? Yeah. I <laughs> Look, I'll say this. His death was so satisfying. And I like how, when I was watching, I was like, I never clicked how this is so much like Rhodes' death and fucking Day of the Dead. This <laughs> <laughs> gets her fucking ripped. Yeah, it's just, David's just not screaming, choke on it! <laughs> but Choke on it! The only thing missing. Hey, look, that... I love that performance so much. Yeah, Day of the Dead is a fucking awesome movie. Um, what are you was- guys doing down here, lady? <laughs> Fucker got shot by a zombie. Um... <laughs> But in this, like, Shaun of the Dead, David's death is the first, like, really graphic violence or, like, violent death I ever saw in a horror movie. Oh, yeah. Because like, I did not see that. At the time, I, mean, I, was, I was pretty young. It was, it was a 
you know, horror movie, but also really funny. So it was like, this isn't too bad. And then David got ripped open and I was like, ah, well, and also because the movie practical, they also the movie's not super graphic. Like it's violent, but like mm-hmm. compared to most zombie films, especially again, what they get away with to their credit week after week on the walking dead, like it's not super graphic until this very moment. No, he's ripping his guts open and just, eating it and he's just when all the limbs fly off that's gross man <laughs> and diane snaps and opens the door starts whacking zombies with david's leg and disappears in the ward she she survives there's like a outtake there's like a deleted scene where she survives she like climbs yeah. up a tree or something i got that whole story in my film guys in fact we're definitely going to talk about that oh sweet yeah <laughs> but yeah it's just like what the fuck all of a sudden you know they're all coming in Ed starts making uh, cocktails and the Pete shows up. <laughs> He's like, Sean, look who it is. Fuck a doodle do. Oh, I love when Ed tells him, don't groan at me, you thick fuck. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> ah, and did you see who bites Ed? Mm, On it's the Bernie. Neck. It's Bernie, the trophy wife. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> he gets bit twice. He gets bit by... Pete and Bernie. And I love when Sean kills him. He's like, he's like, Pete, I said, leave him alone. Um, well, I love when he yells Pete and Pete zombies like, mm, like just looks up. Like I heard my yeah. name. <laughs> yeah. Again, it's kind of that homage to Ramo that these zombies do have a bit of their humanity left. Yeah. It's in there so somewhere. Sad. So sad to see Ed get bit. I was just, I was like, Sean, I was like, no. I, was like, I remember the first time I saw this, I was like, no, I liked him. No. <laughs> oh boy. And then I don't know why they all didn't just go to the barrel hatch to begin with. Like that's where they should have hit out. Oh yeah. Uh, if I Ed knew that, about like, that, he should why didn't he say something? Yeah, I was like, Ed, if you knew about that, that seemed like a super safe place to be. Like you you guys clearly had time, but how long it took the zombies to even get through? Grabbed all the supplies you wanted, gone down there, been fine. Yeah. Until Barbara turned, of course. I always think well, uh, no, uh, we'll we'll get there in a second. We'll get there in a second. Okay. Uh, so in the barrel hatch, they start um, thinking like, "Well, there's only one way out now," and they have two two shots, and they're just talking about like, "Well, who's gonna who, who's gonna do who here?" And I love Ed's like, "I don't mind being eaten." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus, that was I that got much dark. Of a, it's such a fucking. What a guy facing his death. He's sitting there bleeding out and he's like, he's like, he's like, fuck it. I don't care. He's like, Whatever. He won't clean up the living room, but he'll die for Sean. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's beautiful. Uh, yeah. I love like they're about to, you know, have a smoke and kill each other. And then they see the buttons and they're like, we're getting out of here. And it's like, Nope, you're getting out of here. Like go. It's like, ah, touching man. Yeah, yeah, you're like, oh, God damn it! Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't want him to turn. I don't want him to die. I love the like, I love you, man. He's just like gay, gay, <laughs> fucking 2004. God, yeah, I can't get away with that now. Um, I do like when they, when they, Liz and Sean leave the the cellar and they get ready to like mow down. I wrote down my notes. This is probably the only zombie film I've seen that has a fucking happy ending of any sort. Um. Mm-hmm. And as far as like happiness and hey, we actually solve the crisis and we go back to normal life and we just move on. 
We had a really bad couple nights there. Yeah, we had a real bad night there, but now we're good. Yep. So <laughs> they called in the um, they called in the MI five. It was all taken care of. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's um, what I was going to say. None of them planned for this to oh, like n- like they didn't know how long this was going to last. So like they could have been in the Winchester for like weeks. Well, I love that it's Z day. Like it was just a day. Yeah, and everyone was like, "All right, it's fixed. Everyone would go back to work." Yep. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Solved it. We're making them work. Everyone get out there again. And it was Yvonne who went back for them. They were like, they were into, they were going to the Winchester. We got to go to the Winchester and save Sean. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. I like I like our I like how they have that moment of like, where's your group? It's just me. Is it just you two? Yeah. No. One can never have too many friends because one of those friends might come back for you in the zombie apocalypse. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, I love the news is like, you know, coming up on zombies from hell and everyone's just telling their story. Yep. I thought that was a cool touch. She's like, she's like, I still love him, Trisha. He's my husband. She's like, do you go to bed with it? And she's like, of course I do. I love the, the zombie charity is fucking Coldplay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, oh, yeah. It, you know, Liz and Sean are living together. It's a little cleaner. They have a plan. But it's not too much of a plan. It's their plan, and that's what matters more than anything. And uh, they got Ed in the shed, just playing PlayStation, being a zombie. I love when he's reaching for the controller and Ed's about Ed. (laughs) I love that his zombie noises sound a lot like his orangutan noises. Yep. (laughs) And then we end with "You're my best friend, my queen." It's like ah, wonderful man, perfect movie. Yeah, this is this is a ten out of ten movie. This movie is just amazing. Did I miss any any moments y'all wanted to elaborate on? I think we think we hit it actually. I I had a lot of notes, all good notes, but yeah, we we got all of it. Sweet. Well, here are some filmgasm facts for Shaun of the Dead. Number one, George Romero creator of the movies to which this movie pays homage and lampoons was so impressed with Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright's work that he asked them to cameo in land of the dead as zombies, which is great. That's pretty cool. Yeah. There's a scene in land of the dead where they're at like some party thing. And there's like zombies chained up on the wall to like throw shit at. And it's Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright. (laughs) Oh, that's so fucking cool. Really cool. Yeah. Uh, Number two. Sean's last name is Riley. It can be seen on a poster ad from Sean's DJ days. So his name is Sean Riley. <laughs> if you were curious. <laughs> I wasn't, but okay. Okay. Uh, number three. He was Even, a DJ? He was a, oh, yeah, he was a DJ. He was ripping that electro up. Like He, <laughs> he was a DJ. <laughs> uh, I love that. I wish I want a prequel. Just Sean is a DJ. Uh, so even though it looks like Diane dies, the DVD's animated special feature plot holes. What happened to Diane when she left the Winchester explains that Diane makes it through the crowd of zombies, climbs a tree, passes out, awakens to utter silence and out of fear stays in the tree for days, surviving on David's leg and eventually goes to live with her aunt. She remains in Christmas card contact with Sean and Liz. So she just didn't know the apocalypse was 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 fixed. She stayed up in the in a tree and just ate David's leg. My God, <laughs> that's Jesus. so fucked up, but makes me laugh. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Jeez. 
Um, so yeah, I give Shaun of the Dead a perfect 10. It's a flawless yeah. horror comedy and just gets better each time I see it. Yeah, I'm going to give it a, a five, I think. No, I'm kidding. What the fuck? Did you actually think we were going to give any this movie anything other than a 10? It would be hilarious if at the end of this you're like, you know, the more I say, think about it, it's just not that good. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> after talking about it, I give it a two, honestly, you know. Perfect 10, obviously. Come on. Oh, yeah. Solid yeah. 10. Yeah, I'm, I'm with that. Perfect 10. This is one of the best horror comedies, one of the best zombie films that isn't, you know, outside of Romero's were one of the best zombie films I've seen. In fact, for me, all three Cornettos are tens. I, I love. I will say, I think. Okay, so I like Hot Fuzz a little more as a movie than this movie. I like Hot Hot Fuzz is my favorite Cornetto trilogy movie. Same. I give, yeah, Hot Fuzz is a ten. Honestly, I would give it an eleven if I could. Um, Shaun of the Dead is a ten, and World's End I, I give a nine just because I don't know. I don't know why. There's something about it. Maybe maybe I just don't like. Uh, his character in that movie as much. World's I, End, the character of Gary King reminds me so much of a certain family member I'll tell you about when I'm done here. Oh. But it's like, holy shit, that's that's him. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, no. It's, it's a um, personal one for me. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with that. Like, it's a toss-up between Hot Fuzz and Sean Dad is my favorites in this trilogy. Like, I really like those two. And they are tense. And I really like the World's End, but I think at the same time, because it took us so long, so I remember they did Sean Dead, then they pretty much went right into Hot Fuzz. Yeah. Then after yeah. that, you know, Simon Pig went to go do his thing, Nick Frost did his thing, and Edgar Wright was doing his thing. We waited a long time, and they were teasing for a while, like, hey, we might get back together and finish it off. You know, this it might be the time. It, it took forever to get the wards in. Um, that by the time I got, I was like, oh, shit, finally. And I actually, I've only seen it once when it came out, and I rented it, and I haven't seen it since. So I, it's honestly due for a rewatch. Well, hold off. Maybe like when I get when I get up there, it'd be fun to watch the world's end. <laughs> I like how in every uh, movie in the trilogy, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost characters, they always kind of. So in the first movie, they're lifelong friends. In the second movie, they meet and become friends. And then in the last movie, they fucking hate each other. Yeah, it's 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 a cool like different stages of friendship kind of thing because they do be end up becoming friends again by the end of the film yeah, yeah. i also like how in um wars and they flip it where like nick frost for once got to play the more serious type and then simon Pegg was the more just like hasn't grown up yet type yeah I he like plays a character that just wants to get loaded he wants to be free to do what he wants <laughs> so that's what he's gonna do so yeah <laughs> Uh, this was fun. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, if you like the show, feel free to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Filmgasm Productions. Uh, if you want to suggest films for us to check out, give us feedback. You can email us at filmgasm at gmail.com or send us a message through the socials. You can check out our website, filmgasm.com, where you can find reviews, articles, trailers of upcoming films, and every episode of all of our shows. If you want to support us, you can click on support this podcast on your preferred provider, and we appreciate whatever you think we deserve. Next week, The Gauntlet continues with a film that perfectly blends horror with sci-fi and spawned an enduring franchise that continues to this day. A killer robot from a post-apocalyptic future is sent back in time to the 1980s to find and kill the woman who will give birth to the leader of the human resistance in the future. Now, Sarah Connor and time-traveling soldier Kyle Reese must find a way to stop and destroy the Terminator. A landmark film in sci-fi and the true beginning of James Cameron's career. We can't wait to dig into the Terminator next week. Uh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that, 
Terminator is great and it is a horror film, which I am so happy to be seeing it reclaimed in recent years as a fucking sci-fi horror film. So everyone's mm-hmm. like, I don't know what happened, but in recent years, people have been watching it going, you know, this does kind of have a slasher formula to it, doesn't it? And it's like, yeah. Yeah. It can't be, you know, it can't be bargained with. It can't be reasoned with. It absolutely will not stop. That sounds, that sounds pretty familiar. Yeah. <laughs> and it came out in the eighties, man. What was the biggest thing in horror in the eighties? Yeah. Dude, 1984, we got Freddy Krueger and the Terminator for the first time. <laughs> Big year. Yeah, Michael Myers was coming back. Fucking Friday Thirteenth was on its fourth seek, fourth movie. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And the Terminator, you know, it's it's just such a great franchise starter. It's so it does so much with with like not a lot. It's a very sparse film, but it's so epic. And uh, I'm psyched to to finally talk Terminator. We've teased yeah. Terminator a few times on various shows, but this is gonna be our first real foray into the franchise. And it's part of the career that I like out of James Cameron, his pre-Titanic years, when he cared about both story and special effects. Oh, my God. <laughs> now I think he... Yeah, I, I think he cares a bit more about special effects and stories nowadays, but... Yeah, you could say that. <laughs> um, so don't miss The Pacifier on Fridays Beyond the Bad and Road to Perdition on Oscar Sunday. Until then, don't get red on you. Live life to the fullest and keep watching movies. Mm-hmm.